You have just entered the Katie Ma Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 244 of the KB Mod Podcast. It is the evening of July 31st, uh, Sunday evening here. I am joined by Brad, uh, a.k.a. Hutch, and uh, we have a special guest tonight, uh, everyone's favorite former H1Z1 designer, James Wisenhunt. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I wish that that wasn't uh, what you used for <laughs> oh, the. What a way to open! You, you didn't. You didn't provide me with your latest resume credentials. I, uh, I just happened to work about uh, ten feet from you. Oh, I guess that's true. Oh, but yeah. uh, you know, but I want to introduce. I want to introduce you as I would any other guest, uh, and try and make you sound uh, as as impressive as possible. And I think most people most people know you as uh, the H1Z1 guy. Because I mean, you basically still are, from what that's, I understand. That's that's fair. Uh, Scott and Katie Zen are not on the cast this evening. Uh, Scott's brother is getting married um, today, I believe. So, congratulations to Scott's brother. Uh, he's out, presumably getting crunk, and uh, and maybe there will be some pictures or videos from that. Uh, Katie Zen, I don't even know what he's doing. Uh, he's he's out. No one being, knows uh, what Katie Zen's doing. Yeah, he's you know he's out he's out doing what teens do. I don't well, know since, what they do, but since uh, you know VHS tapes aren't being produced anymore and family videos going down the hill, he's mean, got he's got to find new ways to spend his time. Uh, that, I know that's the, right. The past few weeks after I know after that VHS uh, that VHS announcement, things are pretty rough for him. But uh, so you know he's got a week off. He's got a reprieve, and uh, Scott's actually got a good excuse this week. Uh, so we we miss them both, but uh, I think they'll be both back next week. Um, so what have we been doing this week, gentlemen? Uh, how how are things? Uh, things are going good for me, at least. Um, still on the grind. I had an interview this week. Um, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, just just being a nerd, otherwise. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. That's uh. Not, nothing too bad there, Jimmy. How have you been? It's, it's. Uh, someone looked it up, and it's been since, it's been all, over two years since we had you on the podcast. Which, uh, now that I say it out loud, is is a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that you haven't been on for two years, but the last time you were on the cast was almost a hundred episodes ago. It's like episode one forty eight, I believe. Uh, so, how have you been doing since uh, July sixth, twenty fourteen? Um, I, uh, a lot has happened since, uh, <laughs> since that date. Uh, yeah, actually it's funny because the last time I was on, I had so much fun and I also went into work, I think the following Monday, dodging my, uh, PR director at Sony <laughs> <laughs> like the entire day. And then like, I think just for safety, push that onto Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, right. that was pre, that was even the pre daybreak days. Like that was, I feel like so much right. has happened yeah. in the world of H1Z1 since you've been gone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the last time well, you were here, you were, you were still on that H1Z1 grind. No, that, that's what happens when you do a lot in the industry and then you work on a uh, early access survival game. Everyone just mm. jumps on that. Yeah. And so that's what you are at that point. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's been good, man. It's been good. I got married. Um, right, yeah. and more recently, I, uh, I went to a birthday party last night. Um, <laughs> did you tell me about that? <laughs> it was kind of a train wreck, honestly. Like oh, we, okay. we were, 
We were supposed to surprise the guy. Uh, I don't. I feel like we didn't really surprise. Him. At least it wasn't shown emotionally on his face. Um, I we played this really shitty game called Catchphrase that I'm I'm really good at actually. Um, oh, are you? I am. Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't yeah, have yeah. thought. Yeah. Well, why would you assume that? Wow. <laughs> are these shots? It was actually Brandon's. Uh, surprise birthday party oh and I am God. horrible at catchphrase I'm actually not bad at catchphrase I'm bad at uh, the entertainment topic of catchphrase uh, yeah, I, I mean I would say you're not good at catchphrase in general but you are definitely very poor at the yeah. entertainment section no absolutely absolutely <laughs> I um, that has never been one of my strong suits um, I can lead people to conclusions but they don't involve conclusions that uh, typically involve celebrity names um, or anything of the sort. But yeah, no, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah, so catchphrase, uh, if, if you couldn't tell, yeah, we were talking about my birthday party, which I was actually surprised, uh, even though I maybe didn't necessarily show it. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised yesterday with an impromptu uh, birthday party where some people came over and uh, we had some drinks. We played, uh, I don't remember what the other game was called. Uh, it was like Hang the Nobles. Oh, gui- I think Guillotine. It was called <laughs> yeah, Guillotine. Yeah, Guillotine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool. We played Guillotine, and then uh, we played Catchphrase into the night. And Catchphrase is uh, is like you pass around this uh, this little electronic device that puts a, a word up on the screen, and you have to describe what the word is and get people to guess it without saying that like that word or that phrase. And uh, and so we played some some different topics. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy's really not good at describing <laughs> things. Uh, like, I think Jimmy just doesn't have Jimmy doesn't have the like the the quick synonym game down. Like, no, that's what I don't. Catchphrase is is you have to either get, make like a quick reference if it's a movie star or something. You have to like make a reference to a movie they've been in. And hope, hopefully, someone knows it. Or in the case of a phrase, you just have to be quick at describing synonyms in that phrase, and then. Yeah, Jimmy was not good. And to, unfortunately, to be fair, Jimmy was on my team the whole time. I, I did well with the phrases. What I didn't do well with was Porgy and Bess uh, and things of the sort. Yeah, that's true. You did. I mean, I will. <laughs> I, did, I did all right. Outside I will give of you the, a little the... bit of credit that you uh, you got some, some off-the-wall ones that I probably would not have been able to do either. Um, I'm just uh, I'm a little upset. I'm not going to lie. Oh. Upset about what? I wasn't fucking invited to this birthday party. Well, look, that's the thing with the surprise birthday parties. You can't yeah. get upset at me because I didn't even know it was happening. You well, Jimmy, throw, Jimmy you knew. Get, you get to throw that's Hillary true. under the bus. Honestly. That's true. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's, Next. I actually, maybe that's my favorite part of a surprise birthday party is that no one can get mad at me if they didn't get invited <laughs> or weren't, you know, weren't able to come because I didn't even know it was happening. So I have plausible deniability the whole way through. <laughs> Uh, and that's really what I'm looking for in a good birthday party is plausible deniability <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, cool. Well, yeah. Well, that uh, sounds like a lot of fun that I didn't have. So it, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We had, we had a really good time. Um, I really enjoy, I actually really enjoy playing uh, like board games and card games and stuff. Uh, I just don't play them that often. But when I do, like if someone else brings one over, uh, I find that I really enjoy them. So I should probably I should probably try and get more into them, because uh, like if I was the person that brought the game, then we'd probably play a lot more. Um, but I really like Secret Hitler, and oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, uh, that was fun. I didn't even know I didn't know about it until I played it, and I really really like it. And Hillary actually really likes it. I think she was might like it more than the, I did. Was that when we played it at the Twitch offices? Or yeah, 
Yeah, okay, I've yeah, play, yeah. I've played it several times now, um, and I really like Secret Hitler. And I'm actually mad that I, in hindsight, I wish I would have backed it on Kickstarter because it was not expensive at all, and it's not even for sale yet for non-Kickstarter. Like the oh. only people that have an actual copy of it are people that got it on Kickstarter. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've, Hillary actually printed out the a version and laminated it because you can get it. You can just download it for free uh, and print it out yourself. So she laminated it and everything, uh, but it's not quite the same. Uh, <laughs> she tried, man. Look, so, <laughs> she put a lot of effort into this to make you did. happy. You no, can't she did. just you can't just go out and. I was shit very all over impressed. Them, like. She has it in like a in like a a big uh, like you know nice nice looking envelope and everything. Uh, so no, she she definitely went uh, went far for that one. One one last note on the on the card games. Next time we're coming over, we 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 have to bring Super Fight. I know you haven't played it yet. We're that's the next. Yeah, one. that's that's the one you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not played that one. But it's actually I'm, on PC as well, uh, so relevant. Yeah, well, I knew, I, that's the thing. I knew I knew it was on PC, but I didn't realize it was a like a PC game and also a card game. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would love to play that. Uh, well, so speaking of what we've been playing, uh, let's let's talk about that. I uh, let's see, Hutch, Hutch, what have you been playing? Any any anything besides Rust? How's your Rust addiction going? Well, if you listen to last week's podcast, oh, I you did. Would, oh, well. I haven't been playing. Um, uh, well, I didn't know if maybe it, it, you know, maybe it caught back up with you. You know, you kind of you see it there in your Steam library, and a double click so easy. I mean, it is an easy download. Like there have been times in my life where I've like uninstalled it, like I'm done with this game, and then like probably an hour later, I'm like re-downloading it. That's <laughs> a, that's that's like the weird thing. I have never been someone that if I if I'm addicted to a game that I think like uninstalling it or deleting it is going to stop me from playing the game. Mm. See, but maybe I, if that works for you, then great. I mean, that's, it's never worked for me. No, I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're just going to sit there in agony for like an hour or two while you download it again. And you're going to, you're going to like hate and shame yourself. And then you're going to play. Yeah. It was, it was different when I was on faster internet and I could get the game in literally five minutes. Sorry mm. about the train, but, um, yeah. Um, no, what I've been playing is the division. Uh, that's been actually pretty, oh, right. pretty awesome. Right. How how has that been going? Um, I'm starting to get to some. I don't know if it's higher level or not, but like just level ten stuff. Um, and I'm wondering if I really need to start playing with other people or not because I've been soloing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's pretty good. Um, there there are times where. Um, you know, I, I pick a loadout based on the stats it gives you yeah. and then I, I actually don't like how, how it plays out. So I just try it again and in different loadout and try it again. If I'm grinding through like a higher level, like mission or something. And, um, it's, it's been kind of addicting just to, you know, do the grind on my own, but, um, I, I like it, you know. I'd I'd like to try it out with a group of people um, and did, soon. And did you buy it, or did you get? A no, I I definitely bought it. Or no, I didn't buy it. I got it for free. Um, okay. Yeah, I went to PDX Land. They gave gave that um, Battlefield One, Mirror's oh. Edge, and oh. then all the, uh, two other games, if I recall correctly, to like all the attendees for free. So I was cool. really mad I didn't go to PDX Land. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, I mean, on games alone, you got your money back. So yeah, that's uh, pretty awesome. 
Um, but yeah, speaking of like VR stuff, uh, um, we we had talked about this precast, but um, VR, like I tried it at PDX Land, and that's all I want now is like I tried it once, and now I want a headset to play VR games or like re-experience games in VR. What, what did you try at PDX Land? Well, I did the NVIDIA Funhouse thing, but it was like with a Vive, um, but it was like so immersive and... Wait, which one's the uh, NVIDIA Funhouse? It's just like this, uh, it's basically a demo showing off all their physics models and stuff like that and and things that you could do using NVIDIA's uh, technologies, I guess, with VR. Um, so you could do, you know, pop all these balloons or, you know, use a bow and arrow and stuff and just just a bunch of exercises to get you to like move around the space, use the controllers and, and forces you to change your perspective and like move your head and stuff. It was just all around just a demo. Um, and that was my first time trying VR stuff and I was just sold immediately. And that's all I've been wanting to do. I think it's almost, (laughs) I, I, I just want a headset now. Um, I, I told myself I was going to wait till second generation, um, for the vibe or the, rift but i don't know if i could wait that long is that is that the first experience you've ever had with vr like oculus vibe or anything yeah okay see i feel like a lot of people have that reaction i I sort of had that reaction when i first tried the oculus a couple years ago even Mm -hmm. though it was was obviously way different than uh than the technology now but i i saw it and i was like this is this is a game changer but then i think i sort of I don't know. That first experience was really cool, but then I, I played it more like over time. I played it more and I saw it get better, but I think because it's getting better so quickly, it's easier for me to hold out because I know how obsolete this equipment is going to be. Oh, I know. I mean, like that's why kind of the reason year. why I haven't bought one now is because I know that, you yeah. know, the stuff has been out for a year or two and games are still being made. So it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, we I, were just I, talking I can... about the, on some of the upcoming releases uh we're looking at upcoming releases and there are a bunch of vr releases uh and i like i don't even know if they're worth talking about or if they're like if they're just small niche things or if they're big vr games but there are a lot of vr releases uh happening right now and so i'm kind of i'm tempted on one point because i can afford it and it it feels it feels like something that would be cool to just dive into and I mean, it would give me a good reason to upgrade my hardware, which is always nice. <laughs> but uh, like but you I needed know, a reason, but yeah, yeah, it's like I just know that the if I get a headset today, I mean, I'm I we might see new headset revisions in like less than six months. Honestly, like I really don't know what the cadence will be like, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like the early iPhones, where there's a new one every year. And they're a lot of times leaps and bounds better than the existing ones. Well, I mean, you got to consider like what have the leaps and bounds been, right? Like Oculus had its revisions that were vastly different, like super early on. Like I played with yeah. one of the first dev kits that came out to Sony and we messed around with it in TF2 and it made everyone nauseous, like literally everyone in the office yeah. because refresh rate. Um, and that was the, the biggest thing for me early on was the, was the, nausea, uh, the nauseousness. Right. And it seems like that's mostly all been fixed, like kind of across the board. Right. Uh, because I think that's, I mean, obviously, that was one of the biggest things that would cause anyone to literally not want to do it again. Uh, like it, getting nauseous made me made me really question whether I wanted to even try it again. Like you know, even three or six months later, even though I knew it had gotten better, like I actually felt 
you know fairly sick afterward yeah uh so that seems to be all better um but it's still not like the fidelity is still not great on a lot of this stuff no well, all right but we can expect i think because it there's a high barrier of entry with the cost i mean the stuff is expensive so i i think we can expect a price drop I think we could say see better refresh rates or better pixel density because I noticed with the Vive even like I could still notice the pixels, uh, but I mean after like five minutes it, like I I forgot about it kind of. But um, well, I think that's that's the kind of the key to VR. You can overlook mm-hmm. a lot of that if it's immersive enough. But I mean yeah. even beyond that, I think the people who are really diving into VR now have is like a very specific reason. Like myself, like I. Like being in the Bay Area now and not having the same ability I did in SoCal to go out to like an SCCA race, I could go grab an Oculus and play like iRacing or something, right? So it's like very specific. So if you don't have like that very specific thing that you want to do, like racing's easy with Oculus uh, as long as you have the seat and stuff. But if it's not that, like it is kind of hard to justify. Yeah, I think people, I feel like I might be more tempted to get uh, a VR kit if I went to someone's house or or got to try something that clicked with me where I love this game so much, I want to play this game so much that I will just put down all of this money for this one experience. Right. And I haven't seen that so far. I've seen stuff that's really neat and a lot of cool demos and some stuff that is cool, but I probably wouldn't play it over and over again. But if I found one thing that I really would want to play and I and I could just come home every night and just play that, then I, I mean, I would probably drop the money, but I haven't found that yet. Like I haven't. That's the thing. I haven't gotten a chance because just not many people have it, right? If Jimmy had one, and I could go over to Jimmy's house and try it because he said it's awesome, then that would make me more likely to get it. But I feel like there's not a whole lot of word of mouth, um, just because not many people have them. I mean, because they're so expensive right now. Yeah, it's true. I mean, hey, uh, when I get the chair, come on by. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let I'll let Jimmy be the test bed. There you go. Um, okay, you've been playing anything else, Hutch? Uh, no, that's it. No, nah, yeah, that was it. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna get to some Pokemon Go here, but I'm saving I'm saving that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was playing that. But we'll we'll we're gonna talk about that. Don't worry. I'm gonna. That's that's all I really have to contribute to this section this week. So we'll we'll talk about that. But what what about you, Jimmy? Aside from if you've been playing Pokemon Go, I don't know. Uh, but have you been playing anything else in the uh, past uh, in the past almost two years? Um, no, actually. <laughs> and I think I think my same answer for like, which is actually fucking ridiculous. Um, for about the past fifteen years, the only game I consistently play is Counter Strike. Mm. <laughs> uh, Quake is dead. Um, so not much mm. of that anymore. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, Quake, Quake Live actually kind of like more or oh, less man. is dead. Oh at this my point. god! I I actually um, I almost just booked a flight. Uh, to go talk to Bethesda. Uh, they didn't want me there. They didn't ask me there. Uh, <laughs> Quake cons this weekend. You might have your chance. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, I might. I might. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm afraid of what might actually come out of my mouth when I run into a uh, prominent developer or something. But anyway, um, no, mostly just Counter-Strike. Pokemon Go has been a kind of passing thing even since it launched for me. I waited like a week before I even started playing. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of hard not to play in the Bay Area because... There's just so much going on and so many people invested. And that's yeah. everywhere, right? But I mean, especially in like the home of tech where like everybody games and everybody's into that sort of thing. It's hard not to be. So it's been a passing thing. Haven't really jumped into it much. Um, played on a team this season, the SEA. 
Uh, it was interesting. Uh, we made playoffs in open. Woohoo. It's been about it. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a lot of Counter-Strike. Uh, you know what's funny? I, I, I'm really mad that I haven't taken the time yet. I actually looked at it today when I, uh, when I woke up. I opened up my Steam library and I was like, maybe I need something else today. And I'm like, holy crap, I have not played Doom yet. I have yet to actually oh, take it and play. Yeah. And I'm a massive Quake 2 fan. I love Doom. I love all of that. I have yet to do it. Um, oh, and Street Fighter, actually. I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Five recently, and not oh, just yeah, I saw you of, on Steam playing some Street Fighter. Yeah, I don't have a huge amount of hours. I think I'm like 60 hours or something on PC, and I don't probably about the same on console and PS4, just because in the living room it's easy to play um, when I don't have much time. But, um, yeah, I've been trying to get into that. It's a really hard game to get into, even though I was like halfway decent pleb in Street Fighter Four. Street Fighter Five is a lot more accessible. I've been enjoying it. Um, I'm still convinced everyone lag switches. It's just magical that we go we go one and one in a best of three, and then all of a sudden in the third match, every fucking time, they are just like it's like a slideshow, and they're hitting every combo. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening anymore. So maybe PC is not my platform of choice, and I just stick to PS4 and force PS4 only matches. I don't know. I'm getting really frustrated with it, but yeah. been enjoying that too. That feels are- like it would be pretty easy to do on PC. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've that. That seems like uh, it would probably be frustrating. Well, and it doesn't seem to be that prominent, but it's just like when it does happen, it feels like it's every game, you know, because yeah. it's like you're on a roll. You've had like 11 wins and it's when like it does, when it does happen, y- yeah. you're always thinking in the back of your mind, like, is this guy is this guy causing this or, right. you know, can I just blame the circumstances? And especially when it doesn't fucking happen in the first match or the second <laughs> one. It's the third one. He beats me. I beat him or I beat him and he beats me in the third match. It's like game on. He's just teleporting everywhere. I'm like, OK, I guess you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's been about it. Cool. Well, we covered uh, two years of your gaming history and a yeah, Counter Strike essentially, I think, is the uh, direct Man. answer we're looking for. It's uh, yeah. Um. So I have uh, I've not played a whole lot this week. Uh, I will say you should absolutely play Doom. Uh, I I played through Doom. I haven't gone back to it. Uh, I kind of I I want to. Um. And I think actually I don't know if we put this in the news section, but I think they they had a big they announced update. Yeah, and they announced uh, their like their first DLC, and they they dropped some updates. So they're, well, there's they're, been free DLC, right or no? Uh, there's not been. I don't think there's been. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's been uh, like updates to the map maker and stuff. Oh, okay. There's not been any uh, any additional story stuff at all. Uh, so I think their first paid DLC is coming, and I forget what's in that. But they've been they've been taking care of the game. They've been making some uh, balance changes to multiplayer and stuff. Uh, I don't think the multiplayer's Great, but actually, you should try the multiplayer, uh, Jimmy, because I'd be curious to get your thoughts on it. Uh, in in Doom, yeah, I've already played it. Uh, oh, okay, it is that, that I, I say that I haven't played Doom because the Doom multiplayer was such a horrific fucking experience <laughs> that okay. I just I I, I you just wrote it off as something else. It's I just see. not. Yeah, it's not okay. It, well, you played a... so you played them in the wrong order. You should have started with single player <laughs> because it it would have. It would have tempered your uh, your expectations. Wait, so you're you would... saying the single player shit too? No, 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 no. The sing- I'm saying the single player is so good, you wouldn't even care that the multiplayer is not that great. Oh, okay. Because you it. would well, say that single player was easily worth my sixty dollars, and so this multiplayer is just icing on the cake. Got it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you should you should definitely play. It. Uh, yeah, all I've really played this week, uh, I played a bit of Hearthstone. Uh, that is. Not really that noteworthy, but they did announce... Uh, I'll just cover it here because I don't think we're really going to talk about it. Uh, they did announce the new uh, adventure expansion for Hearthstone, A Night in Karazhan, and that launches 
uh, in about a week and a half. So we may talk a little more extensively about some Hearthstone at that point, but uh, I've just been kind of keeping up with the meta here and there, um, you know, doing my quests and, and dailies and all that. What um, what deck are you playing? Are you playing, uh, you actually like diving into ranked at all or no? Uh, I mean, I've been, I do play ranked uh, just because why not? Uh, but I don't really, I'm not competing. I'm not, I'm not trying to get a high rank or anything. I think I'm like rank 15 uh, or 14 this season because uh, I basically just play ranked to do all my quests. But I actually rejiggered some of my decks today because uh, I think some of them were a little stale. I still had some Cthune decks, and Cthune decks have kind of, with the with the exception of maybe like Cthune Druid, Cthune uh, decks are not really heavily in the meta. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of not great Cthune decks. So I sort of I sort of trashed some of those, and I actually crafted some cards because that's what would what was holding me back from having some of the top tier decks. Is I was one, like maybe one or two legendaries from having it. Like I didn't have Yogg, and uh, and Yogg is in a lot of decks uh, as just kind of a wild card. And so I crafted a Yogg, uh, put that in like a token druid deck, uh, put it in a mage deck. I created a dragon warrior deck, which was uh, was kind of fun to play. So that's that that's really the extent of it. I just I changed some of my decks around to make them a little better uh, for the existing meta. Uh, but you know the the meta is like a little bit stale at this point, um, especially for watching tournaments. I feel like there's not a ton of variation, but we'll see. We'll see if the Knight and Karazhan expansion does anything. They're not. There's not that many cards, I think, in that expansion uh, because it's an adventure. So I don't know if it'll have a huge effect on the meta, but we'll see. I I, I still you know pay attention to a lot of Hearthstone. I uh, still really enjoy that, but. The the only thing I've been playing, we don't normally talk about mobile games, but this I feel like this is a bit of an exception because it's more, it's it's caught the more mainstream gamers too. Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Go, and I'm actually sad I wasn't on the cast last week because you guys talked about it a bit, and uh, and I, I definitely could have talked about it last week too. But I've been playing Pokemon Go, and I have I have a lot of various thoughts on the game. Uh, first of all, I don't. I don't actually think the core game right now is actually that good, and that's not exactly a hot take. I think a lot of people have made that uh, that opinion known. Like the game itself is, it does a good job of incentivizing you to like go out and just be in the world. And because there are so many people playing the game, that makes it fun because you see other people on their phones out in the world doing the thing you're doing, and that's cool because now you have something in common. So. Uh, I've been enjoying playing Pokemon Go because, like Jimmy said, you're in San Francisco, and so it, you just see the game around a lot, right? If you're, if I was in a rural area or in some place that was not uh, was not as tech heavy, it might not be as interesting because you might uh, go to a gym and take it and hold it for days <laughs> if no one else is playing. But Pokemon Go is is a pretty big thing here. I see a lot of people playing it when I walk around. Uh, I went to the area where jimmy lives actually the other day to to get my hair cut and hang out and there were people playing it there and uh and i interacted with a couple of them that was neat uh so yeah i've been playing a bunch of that uh sort of on the promise or the hope that the game will end up becoming better like i think right now the game is pretty bare bones but that's because they've more or less been fighting fires on keeping their servers up uh, and actually just keeping the game stable pretty much since it launched. Well, so, right, last week, I mean, they just released it to Japan. So 
Yeah. Yeah, they're one of their biggest markets, right? So yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's been rolling out uh, across the globe, and I imagine that just getting their infrastructure in line and keeping keeping the login servers up and all that uh, seems to have been no easy task. But uh, we'll talk about this in the news. Uh, there's been some controversial stuff uh, in terms of what's going on with Pokemon Go, but I've been enjoying it, and I mean, I got Hillary to download it. She's she enjoys it. Uh, I think it's it's one of those games where. It's fun to play because there are people that are not normally gamers interested in it. And mm-hmm. it also hits that clear nostalgia factor. You know, I played with Pokemon cards. I played Pokemon Red and Blue. This game is basically built to try and get me to play a mobile game. And it works. Yeah, uh, it's, no, it's it definitely all of, all of these things from my childhood that uh, that make me want to play a game about Pokemon. And the fact that... I'm able to get my my wife into it, and you know my friends are into it. Uh, all of that has been really fun. Uh, I actually thought yesterday for uh, for my birthday party, I was like, we should just go and hunt Pokemon. I was wondering that. I'm just going to interject real quick because we were sitting playing this card game. A couple people left to go grab another Moscow Mule, and you looked me. You looked into my soul, and you said, "There's this gym across the street. I want to go reinforce it." And I almost just said, "Let's go." <laughs> yeah, the gym, the gym near me has been held by, has been held by Valor for a few days, and uh, and some of the some of the Pokemon there are weak. Like that that gym could yeah. be taken, but I could I could go spend a little bit of time, and then I could just soak up that that nice free uh, those free gym coins each day because uh, no one's challenged it in the past few days. Uh, so yeah, that that has been fun. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have been playing, Hutch. You actually said. You said that you had deleted it, and so I'm curious to hear why you deleted it. I don't know. It's a lot like Ingress, where I just lost. Um, I, I just lost the interest to like all at once. I like hit a wall, and it's just like, why? You get to this point, or at least I got to the same point in Ingress, and it's like, why am I still playing this? Like, what, like what level was that? Like, what what do you feel like the the wall was? I don't even. Oh, right now I'm like 14. I don't know. But like I'm pretty low level, but that's because I'm like Brandon was saying, I'm in a rural area. Um, so there's not a lot of people playing. So I can yeah. see why yeah. playing in a you know very tech heavy area would maybe incentivize playing. But um, I don't know. I just, I just, I, you get to this point where it's like, you just keep playing, and then you're. <laughs> I don't know why I still am. Yeah, because there's no end game, you know. Right. Um, I think that's that's sort of um, that's why I'm 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 still I haven't gotten bored yet because I feel like by the time I get to the the real higher levels, like some people who are real hardcore higher than level than me, but I'm I'm like 23 right now, um, and I think they will. I know they will add in more features. Otherwise, they're going to lose their whales. Like your whales are the ones who are going to be highest level right now. So you kind of have to have a little more. I won't even say end game because I don't. That's a weird term to use with a game like this. But mm-hmm. I think w- you have to have uh, kind of some more complex uh, stuff towards the higher levels of the game where. You're not really concerned about collecting anymore, right? You probably caught just about everything. You're really just concerned about either the gems or like some other piece of the game that will keep you interested. And right now, it sounds like Ingress maybe has a little bit of that, but I don't even know if Ingress has much of it. Uh, Pokemon Go really doesn't. There's like there's very little. 
uh, kind of reason to keep playing aside from just taking gems back once they get stolen. Well, that's kind of what Ingress came to was like there wasn't much in and basically what it comes down to is you really struggle. You have to struggle your way up if you're you're late to, you know, starting an Ingress. You really have to struggle your way up until you're a higher level and then you do kind of what you're doing in Pokemon Go, you slowly take over one point. And then you expect to lose it probably the next day or that day or something. Yeah. Well, once once you're high high enough level, and I expect we'll probably see this um, soon. But um, and I'd like to see this in Pokemon Go. But in Ingress, you have like a team chat, and and it's mm-hmm. um, local to your area. Well, you start coordinating with your team to like start taking over parts of town and stuff like that. And and that was a lot of fun to like witness. Like, okay, guys, we're gonna take the south part of the town, and then. Uh, coordinate times with everyone and just like completely annihilate it and um and it was it was a lot of fun i will admit that uh, but we don't have that in pokemon it's just like you take one point and hope for the best uh you know yeah there's no larger yeah. there's there's no larger goal uh to try and accomplish with your team and i think that's maybe the piece that's missing because uh, mm-hmm. if i'm just sitting there at a gym uh and and there's someone from some other team we're just going to sit there taking the gym back and forth because there's, you know, there's no, there's no way we can reinforce it before a single person can take it down. Uh, and so I would like to see more, I would like to see something like you're talking about where kind of a local, local team chat or something where just because Jimmy and I are on different teams, like I won't, I'm not necessarily going to be able to go around raiding with Jimmy. Uh, so do I like, what do I do? What's going to keep me playing the game? Uh, if I don't know friends who are on my same team, right? And uh, so I, I don't know. I think they've they've been they've been a little bit uh, a little bit I'll say like tone deaf so far to a lot of the concerns, or you know they've been really tight lipped about what's coming uh, in in almost eerie Google style. Like they're not part of Google anymore, but they they very much seem to uh, to radiate that vibe of not really talking about anything and just sort of. Uh, I don't know, operating in, in pretty much secrecy, which uh, we will talk about here in a moment, uh, has has already gotten uh, some feathers ruffled. Um, so let's see. Do you want to... Okay. We're gonna well, let's just get into it. Yeah, yeah let's, let's get go ahead into and get it. into it. Um, so <clears throat> we'll just roll right into the news here. The first, first news item uh, is actually from today, and uh, it's about Pokemon Go. So if you've been paying attention to the game, there have been a lot of third-party sites that have popped up around the game, uh, which you would expect for pretty much any game this big. Uh, but one of the main ones was called Pokevision, and there's mm-hmm. there are a few others. Uh, basically, they're Pokemon trackers where you put in your location, and they actually ping the the Pokemon Go API, and they've sort of done some reverse engineering uh, to get the actual coordinates for the Pokemon around the whatever area you choose. So they had broken, uh, early on in the game, they had broken the tracking for the Pokemon within the game. Uh, there was a little system where there were paw prints, and there would be like three paw prints if it was kind of far away from you, and as you got closer, there would be two or one. It's proximity-based, right? Yeah, so. proximity-based. So you would you could sort of triangulate your, your way to uh, Pokemon just using the game itself. Uh, but then basically Pokevision and some of these other sites... Kind of just shortcutted that, uh, and and would show you exactly where that Pokemon was and for how long it was going to still be there. 
So it was a huge resource when uh, they actually, a few days after the game came out, presumably to try and keep their servers stable, they disabled those paw prints. So everything was just always three paw prints if it was near you. Um, and they released an update yesterday where they just removed that entirely. So now there is no hint aside from uh, just the near, just what's nearby you. It just says nearby. And nearby could be like a mile or two away. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it is pretty generous in what it considers nearby you. Uh, and so after that update, stuff, uh, sites like Pokevision would be even more necessary. Uh, however, Pokevision and, and other sites have shut down uh, at least temporarily and reading between the lines it sounds like they got maybe a, a cease and desist letter or some some kind of communication indicating that uh, Niantic and uh, the Pokemon company did not want these sites to be available um, so they've and- shut down uh, voluntarily and they're kind of tight-lipped about why but the, the, the sense that I get is they probably got some kind of communication asking them to shut down from Niantic, uh, which really sucks because now uh, there's really no way to like reliably find Pokemon in even in your area, yeah. uh, let alone in other areas. So I, I Not yet, at least. So Not the, yet, right. The, the point I wanted to make was uh, with this, people have to keep in mind Niantic has... A map out for Ingress. So, I mean, it's very possible that we will see an online map for Pokemon Go as well. I, yeah, but I think it's just, it's such bad timing uh, because they just removed the only system within the game that allows you to see things near you and get closer to them. Uh, and then they also shut down the sites that it, would help you do that same oh, thing. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. it's, it's just, so it's very, it feels very tone deaf to me in terms of the timing. Uh, because they, there was an interview with the CEO of Niantic where he said, like, he was asked about these sites, and he said he doesn't like them, and they clearly violate their their uh, terms of use and all of that. Uh, but my thought is, is like, if you don't have a solution in place, then yeah, these sites are going to exist because they kind of have to. And and I actually was getting more enjoyment out of the game when these sites existed because I would look around my area, and if I saw something rare, I'd be like, oh, that's there for ten minutes. Maybe I should hop in my car and go try and get that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, Whereas that's, now I'm just not going to. And I mean, from a developer perspective, right? Like Blizzard has done this forever where there have been holes in what's available as far as tools go for players that add-ons have filled. And yeah. eventually they end up coming up with maybe a more basic version that's more accessible or whatever. Uh, the mods are still available for those who are power users. But for the most part, like WoW has covered some of the more popular add-ons that were brought about early on and like a lot of developers are thankful that things fill gaps in user experience um so that's it's it's surprising to me that like that i mean at the same time though if they never wanted that to be a major uh major problem then it wouldn't have been freely accessible uh on the api like yes i understand that it's difficult to pull to mobile devices on networks with you know encrypted data but it's come on i mean if it's, right. it was that easy they, these things popped up within 48 hours right so, i think that's it's like they could have just i feel like they could have uh they could have taken a different route with developing the game if they if they they should have been able to foresee this and the fact that now they're just shutting down the sites I feel like they're you're you're sort of trying to close a box that you really can't close once it's been opened. 
Uh, and it's kind of a shame that they're they don't they haven't offered any solution uh, except for to just shut it down. Like yeah. you're saying, norm a lot of developers appreciate when these third party tools fill in holes uh, that they you know haven't had time to build yet or don't think are as high a priority. Uh, like we've seen this with Overwatch. Like there are some Overwatch sites uh, that plug into the Overwatch API yeah. and mm-hmm. and give you you know the skill ratings and like leaderboards and that sort of thing that that Blizzard hasn't built out yet. And so it's like, why would you shut that stuff down when that can just fill the gap and people will not yell at you, right? Because they have the solution. Once you roll out your first party solution, then yeah, like people will naturally gravitate to use that instead. It's, yeah, it's a lot easier. I mean, you, you have to use it on another device anyway. Half the time they don't operate especially well on mobile devices anyway. It's like, yeah, integrating that is a solution, not necessarily shutting them down in my opinion, but obviously I don't work for them or know their actual you know, goals behind that. But yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of people have, uh, have expressed their displeasure, um, at this, basically the, the, the Reddit subreddits are blowing up from what I've seen. Uh, and it, it is, it is interesting to me. The, the one thing that's really interesting is they don't seem to even have a community manager. Like I, I don't understand how you're a game this big and you're not interacting with the community at all. Their Twitter I mean- account has almost like, I could count on one or two hands the number of posts they've made on their Twitter account since the game launched. Now, who's who's responsible for that sort of thing, though? Is that Nintendo no, or Pokemon Niantic. Company no, or is it Niantic? Niantic. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I guess like like that surprises me and doesn't. I mean, mobile games historically have not had that sort of need for the most part. I mean, I, but, I mean, I, look I, at like look well, at Clash of Clans and Clash Royale. Like those, I those feel like have. those types of games. Are, are way more uh, back and forth with their community. And you have to be if you want to keep people engaged. Sure. I mean, someone in chat has made the joke, uh, Destrum, you know, Niantic's uh, new footstep tracking plugin costs 1,800 coins as a joke, but I'd actually pay for that <laughs> over, over having to, like, leave the app and, like, yeah, go do something right. else. Like, I would actually pay for that. I mean, it's a mobile game. I'm expect, like, I expect to pay for advantages. Why not? Um, just a side note. Niantic is hiring a global community manager. Oh, they just haven't found the right candidate yet. That's right. So anyone in chat okay. really big into Pokemon Go and uh, communicates well. It just surprises <laughs> yeah. me that they wouldn't have already had some kind of marketing plan in place. Like, yeah. I don't see anything about this game so far that has that has shown me that there was any kind of marketing plan. They basically just rolled it out. They be- It became extremely popular. And even in, I think... This game would have become pretty popular, uh, even if it didn't become like it did the the most popular mobile game of all time, pretty much already. But like you're gonna, this is gonna be a big game. I feel like you sh- you should have already had some kind of marketing plan in place, and they haven't said anything, literally nothing. Um, they've just been. I feel like they've been lucky that the community has has already embraced the game so much, and there's a ton of Reddit activity and all of that. Uh, but like Niantic almost doesn't deserve that because they haven't been providing any hour communication. So anyway, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I've I've still been enjoying the game. Uh, luckily, I wasn't. It's not like I was really relying on those kinds of sites to sure, uh, yeah. to you know to to enjoy the game or to get the Pokemon that I wanted. Uh, it's just kind of weird to me uh, that that they would shut that stuff down without really any outward communication about if they're working on a, a similar feature or what. Uh, but whatever. Uh, the game is interesting. Uh, I would be... I'm, I'm interested to see who sticks with it. 
I'm just kind of sticking with it because I feel like the game is only going to get better. And so I want to be high level for when the game does get better. And it's one of the first mobile games that I've actually, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed and just going outside and kind of, you know, wasting time. Yeah. Uh, that's been fun. So, uh, don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about Pokemon Go? We did no, have I... a we did have a poll before the cast about the most overpowered Pokemon, and uh, and everyone seems to think Vaporeon. That was the forty percent chose Vaporeon. Even after the, uh, the even nerf. after the nerf. Yeah, so, I, well, I think so. a lot of people don't realize the you know what what was updated. So yeah, some of these Pokemon are undergoing changes. So what else? What else happened was some of the quote unquote uh, what do they call them like nests also got rotated mm-hmm. and stuff like that in the update. So if you were previously catching like a bunch of Eevees in one spot, they were swapped for something else. I don't know what that might have been, but um, that happened in this update as well. I, I, I mean, I'll just, I'm going to throw it out there. Sorry. From a design perspective, like actually working on games, you don't want to like change people's expectations from launch if you can help it with like loot of things in a game where people rely on certain resources, which in this case are Pokemon. It's like if, if it's taken off that far and people are getting really excited about catching that many Eevees to get Jolteon, Vaporeon, etc. Mm-hmm. Like changing that's like that's kind of weird i mean maybe they're frustrated yeah. with how quickly people were getting a hold of like really high powerful cp pokemon but see but- that's that i feel like that actually reinforces your point is that now as you change those spawns now i'm like more upset because these people that already got them because they like they kind of exploited this thing early on D- they're not, ahead I'm, they're they're way ahead yeah. right and now you just you kind of punish the players that didn't know about those spawns so I, I agree that like setting those initial expectations in a in the right way early on is is really important. And now when you go when you go try and change that, you're just putting newer players further and further behind, and they're gonna feel like they're gonna feel more left out uh, because they're gonna be you know they're not I mean, gonna maybe have this they're huge like- dragonite. Super preemptively, they're like looking at trading. I mean, maybe maybe that's the case. It's like okay, well, why would anyone want to trade a Vaporeon if you know our top. 20% of players have, you know, 2000 plus CP Vaporeon. It's like that, I, I guess I get that, but at the same time, why was Vaporeon that strong to begin with? If it was yeah. the first set of Pokemon, unless like series two is insane. Right. But anyway, I, yeah. I, I digress. It's definitely interesting to, it, it's interesting. Uh, I think just from a, the perspective of a, uh, a company managing their game, even though it's a mobile game, I think it's still, uh, interesting because we we would talk about these kinds of things in relation to uh you know ea or or daybreak you know doing h1z1 like we always talk about how companies manage the manage their games and keep people interested and that's been an interesting thing for me to just look at how this game gets managed and the things that i would definitely do differently uh if i were you know if i were in charge of uh (laughs) of pokemon go yeah but uh, but we'll see. Still yeah. still early early days in the game. I think they got they got lucky that they hit basically hit gold. Uh, perhaps uh, unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about platinum. <laughs> I mean, what do they cross yeah. uh, Twitter's daily active users within yeah. the first week? It's like that's absurd. Are... Like that is uh, that is insane. Only something like eighty million users. Ah, uh, yeah, hey, you know, whatever, <laughs> big deal. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that's Pokemon Go. I'm sure it's not the last time we'll talk about uh, Pokemon Go on the podcast. But uh, uh, next uh, up, sorry to full circle because this is KB Mod, and we just talked about a Pokemon game for that long. Um, we did. 
Yeah, can we just say that mods probably are one of the best ways that games stay <laughs> successful for so long and they just shut down mods, so PC Master yeah. Race? And let's continue onward. Sorry. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's actually, there is like an interesting meta discussion there about sort of, you know, Pokevision and sites like that basically yeah. being the mods of the mobile age. It is. <laughs> and uh, and they pretty much just shut down mods. You're right. Uh, I feel like there's a there's another half hour right there. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, let's, let's move we'll, on. <laughs> we'll move on uh, in the interest of time. The uh, the next next news article we have here is uh, there is the fan made StarCraft universe. I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast, but I don't remember when. It may have been a while back. Uh, it's a mod for StarCraft Two that's pretty much a total conversion, and uh, so it's called StarCraft Universe. I believe they had a Kickstarter, and yeah. uh, and I they got I don't even remember when that Kickstarter was. It was. It was maybe a little while back, but so that uh, StarCraft universe is now going into is now in open beta, and I I had not really paid much attention to this until I saw this and I looked at the open beta gameplay trailer. The amount of work they have done, like that game, does not look at all like StarCraft Two. I don't even know how they're doing that that stuff in the StarCraft Two engine, but it looks kind of similar to the WoW interface. Yeah. Um. And so it looks pretty, pretty but, ridiculous. And to your question, by the way, the Kickstarter looks like their day one was August 12, 2013. Yeah. So I, I do remember us talking about this quite a while back. And so, yeah, that's been, what, almost three years yeah. that, that they've been working on this. But it is uh, apparently close to an actual launch. And uh, you should go check out the trailer. Uh, if you just Google StarCraft Universe trailer. Uh, gameplay trailer you will probably find this trailer uh it i don't actually know if it's like a full mmo but it that's what the looks interface like looks it. like i um, mean i i remember checking out their early iterations and it at a time appeared to be persistent and like i i've messed around with starcraft tools before and i've played like the little rpgs like session based stuff that have been created for custom maps this is insane like i don't even know how they did this at all yeah the amount of work that has gone into this looks pretty unbelievable. Even their CG trailer, just do yourself a favor and look up their CG trailer. For a fan-made project, it, is, it looks professionally done. Like something straight out of their studios. Like, but it's, it's not. It's made by fans. Um, so do yourself a favor and at least look that up. Um, I did want to say, though, I wonder with the... With Blizzard taking down the... What were those WoW servers? Um, do you know what uh, I'm talking private about? Private server, Nostalrius. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I think so. I think this. I want to say this project has official blessing from Blizzard. I I feel like that. It has to because like their their Kickstarter actually says a free to play science fiction multiplayer online RPG played through BattleNet on StarCraft Two. Yeah. No StarCraft purchase required. So yeah, like it I, has to be. I believe they. I, I feel like I recall seeing that they do have official blessing from Blizzard for this uh, for this mod because otherwise I have to imagine they wouldn't have even done it. Yeah. Uh, and and so I hope. I mean, I certainly hope they do with the amount of work that's clearly been put into it. Uh, but I believe they do have uh, official clearance from Blizzard. So, uh, so this looks pretty cool. the The main reason I want to talk about it is just because it makes me it makes me think about the possibities for a StarCraft type MMO. 
uh, and makes me really wish that existed. I mean, StarCraft Ghost Dog. <laughs> I mean, like there were like so many games over the years that have been rumored, uh, some of which were partially true uh, with canceled games or whatever, uh, later revealed rather, um, that, I mean, everyone's been really excited about. It's, it's an amazing universe. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. I, I, I have to check this out. Yeah, they have... Uh... It is it is a deep universe, and it makes me it makes me kind of think: what if Titan had ended up coming out as an MMO? Like that's that was what one it of my sort bets, of makes man. me reminiscent of. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, that will be out uh, in about a month and is in open beta now, so you can check that out if you want to. Uh, next up, we have uh, not really a new development, but just an interesting opinion. Uh, from Tim Sweeney, uh, who is the co-founder of Epic Games and the co-creator of Unreal Engine. So he's a, a pretty well-known, well-respected uh, person in the games industry. Uh, he's been pretty critical of uh, of Windows 10, and uh, he's not the only one who has been. But he uh, talked about how he, th- he thinks that Windows uh, and Microsoft with Windows 10 is going to make Steam progressively worse over time uh, as sort of a way to push people to have to use the Microsoft store. I, yeah. I'm, curious, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Um, mine's pretty easy. It's like if you give me all Halo titles available with proper input controllers, I'll, I forget Steam. <laughs> I think I'll play them on PC all day. But no, seriously, I, I, I think I, I don't know how it actually works out. I mean, from the Microsoft perspective, there's got to be issue with harming business interest within an ecosystem that at one point was accused of being a monopoly in, in mm-hmm. the industry. So, like, I, 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 I don't think that that would be a smart play for Microsoft and they're not stupid, right? I mean, they're a very large company that, you know, thinks about these, these decisions from all angles. I don't think that would be the case. I don't know, man. Like, I, are you having issues right now with, uh, with Steam? Well, I, I mean, I'm not having issues, uh, but I think I'll, I'll read this quote from him here. Uh, he says, there are two programming interfaces for Windows, and every app has to choose one of them. Uh, every Steam app, which is every PC game for the past few decades, really, uh, has used Win32, right? That's the, that's the Windows programs you know and love. Uh, it's been both responsible. The part of that was not, that was me adding to it, adding color. Uh, it's been both responsible for the vibrant software market we have now, but also for malware. Any program can be a virus. Universal Windows platform is seen as an antidote to that. It's sandboxed and much more locked down. Um, so I think there's, there's sort of two sides to that where, from Microsoft's perspective, they can tell you, yeah, like you want to use Universal Windows platform because it's more, it's safer, it's more secure, right? That's the way forward. Uh, there might because, be performance improvements, stuff like that. Sure. Right. Sure. They, like from a security perspective, I can easily understand why they would focus on that. But the other side of that is that Microsoft has this this kind of perverse business incentive to push you to Universal Windows platform because guess what? It's only available on Windows. And yeah. uh, and like Universal Windows platform deliver that through the Microsoft Store where they take a cut of all the transactions. Well, and what was the uh, the recently uh, Tim Cook came out and they were talking about how that Mac had uh, Apple had lost significant uh, traction in the uh, computer market. So it's mm-hmm. like they still retain the majority of PC users. So this is the majority of desktop users uh, out there, not even just desktop, laptop. Uh, so yeah, I mean like that's I this is why I don't agree with the opinion is 
there's already a repeated case potentially of like you control the market so you've already fought monopoly claims so now you're going to use the monopoly that you fought against to squander the market like i i don't know man like that's that's kind of crazy to me but i think the 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 point is that they could i mean we've already seen things like withholding the new version of directx or a sure. specific version of the OS. Yeah, yeah, that's and, true. And while that has never been a big enough deal to cause people to to upgrade, I mean, maybe some people have upgraded because of it, but DirectX, you know, the newest version takes a while to even really get implemented. Like, no, I think that's not uh, severe enough for people to care about uh, about upgrading. But Microsoft might be more forceful with that down the line. And I think he's talking about, you know, five years down the line, 10 years down the sure. line. Uh, when everyone is on Windows 10 or whatever the iteration of Windows 10 is at that point, then what choice do they have? Like Windows could just release a forced update that, you know, if it breaks something with Steam or something causes a problem, like that's not their, that's not Microsoft's problem. They'll just tell you, well, that's why you should use the Microsoft store. You should use the Windows store. Yeah, I mean, but all, at the same time, like, developers have always been horrible about upgrading their libraries and integrating with uh with new helpers and everything else so if if nothing else at least it gets people on the same page where it's like you do have the most efficient piece of software if it's communicated properly so like steam does work better game developers are porting quicker to new libraries with directx 12 or whatever it is so i think there's definitely like two really solid cases like good and bad for it yeah well, i mean we'll see uh, i think i i am glad that some of the some of the outspoken voices in the games industry are sort of trying to keep Microsoft honest because I can absolutely see this future. Microsoft yeah. is, has made some, uh, you know, some pretty hard plays to try and get games onto the Microsoft Store and and like uh, what was the game Quantum Break, which yeah. is only available on that. And like you know, I, I hope there's a part of me that hopes that's a failure. Right, because like you shouldn't you shouldn't just release an exclusive game on your store, force people to get it from there, uh, and and kind of hoard that game from Steam and other platforms just because you're Microsoft. Like if you actually think that game is great, you should care about that game being in the hands of as many people as possible. Um, but you know they don't because they have other business considerations. Yeah, so I, I guess mean, we'll, we'll you know we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not. I think nothing's going to change overnight. But Microsoft, uh, we, as more and more people go to Windows 10, uh, they might think they have more and more leverage to try and make moves like that. So uh, I guess we will we will continue to keep our eye on things like that, uh, especially with the the universal Windows platform. Yeah, I uh, think this next next thing everybody else should be really worried about. That this is yeah. Honestly, from long term concerns to immediate concerns, I think between like what's happening with our current election cycle and, you know, this thing's happening around the world. Like this has been something that's kind of slipped under the radar. Yeah. Um, And I'll I'll be honest. When I first read this, I was utterly shocked. I I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely. It's hard to even know what your reaction is when when you read something like this because it's been so ingrained in my mind. It's kind that of numb. This wasn't right? possible. It's just numb. It's like yeah. it's like you know you know when you you might burn you might burn your arm on something that's like it's so hot and so damaging that your nerves don't feel it at first. Like this was that kind of shock. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's it's similar. To like if you if someone tells you Santa Claus isn't real, 
Oh, kids, kids, kids. But but that's the thing, though, is like that's that's up for debate. Santa Claus, right? That's the thing. It's like you know, you you're you start to question lots of things. Like if that if that is the case, what else? Like what else do I think I know that I don't? Uh, So of course, the article that we're talking about here is that Darude, creator of the ultra popular song Sandstorm. Darude admits he has never actually been in a sandstorm. I, let me let me let me just let me repeat let me repeat that in case you missed it in case we cut out in case you're you're not sure. Darude admits he's never actually been in a sandstorm. I speechless speechless. So let's just. You think just, you know. Just listen to this guy. Who does he think he is? No, but I've been in a smaller one. Dust Devil, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, fuck a Dust Devil. I'm from Oklahoma. Talk to me about Dust Devils. I've seen that, fucking tornadoes. There, like you, Dust you, Devil God. is like when you're when you're, Where's you're, like my going, you're like out going to the mall and you see the, you see a little like Dust Devil on the ground, right? And you're like, oh, you know, okay, that's neat. You take a picture of it because you know, whatever. But a, a sandstorm. That is a dust devil is not remotely like a sandstorm. Look, I've seen a sandstorm. Have you seen Mission Impossible? What is it five in in Dubai? Like that's serious. I, I've also seen a dust devil and I've seen an F five tornado. All right, sandstorms are very serious. If you want to actually cover the topic via interpretive music, and I've you're going to come seen, out. How, 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 what, what year did sandstorm come out? What year did he release this? I don't know. I have no idea. He He's been in silence in for way 19, too long. Nineteen seventy two. I mean, that makes sense. I, I, I would buy into that. <laughs> I absolutely would. Yeah, it's absurd, man. It's unacceptable. So he, he uh, Darude chose to answer that question in a Reddit AMA that he did recently, uh, which if I was him, I just wouldn't have answered that question, right? You yeah. Have, you leave it a mystery. Or, or you have a great story about how you were in a sandstorm. One of those two things. You can't just say no that you haven't been in a sandstorm. Like, my, my whole life is a lie at this point. Yeah. So. Well, it just makes you question I, his career. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: is like I, I've, I've been through a roller coaster with Darude, right? Like he, like the whole thing, it blew up, you know, on Twitch again with Sandstorm. You know, there's the the fantastic memes that have come out of it uh, that have you know long lived, honestly. Um, and then he shows up at TwitchCon and he embraces the meme and he he embra- he had Bible thumps and like an amazing set at uh, the TwitchCon party last year. And that would have been the time. That's 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 the time that you come out when you have so many people emotional about how incredible this single is. But you wait this long. In yeah. a Reddit AMA. In a Reddit AMA. You do it on fucking Reddit. Yeah, I feel like you, you gotta you gotta get ahead of something like this early on in your career. Right? Is he when not you a see PR manager? <laughs> when he's, you see when you see your when you see your song Sandstorm blow up on the charts. You got to get out, get out there in front of that, and tell people you've not been in a sandstorm. Or, or at that point, you just go and you like you you go and seek out a sandstorm, right? Become like become one with it. Yeah, go to go, like go to Dubai, right? Like apparently that happens all the time. I've seen once again Mission Impossible. Yeah. yeah, just go. I mean, if anything, that would only add to your brand and your mystique. Like, what if he did a set in an actual sandstorm? I mean, come on, I, I'm not. What if? This he marketing came out. rights itself. 
with the admittance, all right, now let's check this out. What if he sought out a sandstorm, okay? So he actually went and became one with a sandstorm. He actually experienced this firsthand. He then understood that everything he had actually based his career on was an absolute lie. Oh, he misunderstood it himself. He misunderstood it himself. And he released a new sandstorm. And like this was his truth. And along with that, at the beginning, he had his, you know, he had his blurb about how he apologizes to fans worldwide. Honestly, like just throughout the universe at this rate. I mean, we're not alone. But he Oh he then said, All right, this is actually Sandstorm. And okay. no, you know what it, you know what it is? In his quote, he said, no, but I've been in a smaller one, a dust devil. Maybe he's been in a sandstorm, but just because he's derude, they're not sandstorms. They're just dust devils. Oh, okay. So you're, so you're taking the position that he actually, like, potentially <laughs> considers what we think of as a sandstorm <laughs> to be a minor <laughs> dust devil. <laughs> that's actually, you know what? That's actually the version of reality that I choose to believe. Yeah, I'm going to buy into that too. He has been in, like, in, in probably many horrific sandstorms, but he does not consider them sandstorms. Like, his threshold for a sandstorm is too high. Okay. Just, just dust devils, that's, whatever you call them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he's just playing. He's just playing it down. You know what? You're right. That's the Darude that I know. Is he's just playing it down? Uh, maybe a small dust devil here and there. Um, when, when in reality, you know that like maybe caused deaths. Uh, looked like looked like a biblical. <laughs> it, it was actually just actually of biblical proportions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so we got to the bottom of this. See, that's that's what we're here for. That's... God, see, like I'm actually so much. I'm actually smiling right now. I, I came into this distraught, and yeah. I... that's that's the type of investigation that I feel like the news are like the news outlets should be doing. Look out, uh, Richard Lewis. That's all I have to say. Look yeah. out, Richard Lewis. This article is from the Independent, uh, and you would think that they would have done that kind of uh, investigation, but of hey, course. that's what we're here for. Yeah, good. We we really came full circle on that one. <laughs> Uh, so we have uh, we have some quick hits here. We have uh, first quick hit is that Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided has gone gold. So uh, we talked earlier uh, in a previous podcast about No Man's Sky went gold. Uh, that's coming out pretty soon. Now Mankind Divided has gone gold, so that will be out uh, pretty soon. I think in late August. Yeah, I think it's like third week of August. Or so something. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that one uh, after Human Revolution, which a lot of people liked. I just so, threw this in there because I feel like, personally, I haven't seen any marketing on this. So, I haven't either. Yeah. So to see it go gold already, I'm actually quite impressed, especially well, with their controversy of their pre-order system. Well, when and they first yeah. started out. even beyond that, like I, the kind of my my issue with those this whole thing is Deus Ex still is the greatest game made. Period in my head, uh, and the fact that this is still going and still doing these sort of numbers is awesome. I tried to play a couple of the others and haven't really enjoyed many of them outside of the first so this is cool i guess i'll check it out you didn't like human revolution it was it was good but it wasn't like i don't know like it's it's really hard to follow up a game like that which i guess is just the curse of making an amazing game right yeah yeah i think uh i that's the thing is i never really played the original deus ex so it doesn't Uh, hold it doesn't hold that place in my heart same uh but i i mean i i know john i think it's like john's favorite game of all time yeah, I mean, a lot of people like what is? It? I think it's still the highest. Yeah, no, a lot, of, a lot of publications as well. 
from yeah. back in I the day like, with those I feel ratings. Like I really matters. missed out because if I go back and play it now, it's not going to mean the same thing. That's not true. I actually watched uh, was it uh, Gold Glove was playing it on stream recently and uh, had his mind blown a few times playing okay. it. Yeah, this is like within the last month. Okay, well that that gives me some hope then. Yeah. Uh, but I did like you in Revolution, uh, so Mankind Divided will be out soon. Uh, well, I'm sure that'll be in a future uh, new releases section for us. But it is gold, so I imagine there won't be any delays uh, past this point. Uh, next up, a uh, quick hit. We have the Dota 2 Battle Pass update added a uh, new spectator mode in VR. Uh, and so you'd wanted to talk about this real quick, Hutch. Yeah, I just thought it'd be, you know, we're seeing a lot of VR stuff. Like you had mentioned earlier, um, we're seeing tens of tens, you know, just tons of titles come out for vr on the steam store it's just um um there's just another thing to add to that list i just think it's interesting because this this gives you a completely different perspective obviously it's in vr but uh um i'm just waiting for counter-strike and some other things at this point i don't even know what that would look like Like, i don't either but i don't know um, if i want to watch you know like uh kenny s whip around uh in vr i might vomit I want I want to I want to view it as perspective of a chicken and ah okay see so you sold now yeah you sold me now yeah I think the uh, the the reason that I think the VR for Dota is maybe more interesting than CS is because in in regular Dota you only ever get that top down view yeah and VR brings you cl- like brings closer, you down. a different mm-hmm. perspective of the battlefield whereas in CS you already have that like we've had that for years with the observer camera and you can just fly around the map. So I think CS would be it would be harder to impress people with CS in VR, whereas the Dota VR you're kind of in the screenshot, and I saw a, a video of this too. Uh, you're getting a, a, a perspective of Dota that you have never really gotten in the real game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually really cool. That like I'll be honest, I Dota two every year. Like I don't really watch much Dota until the international. Like obviously, right. I think that's a lot of people, but. Uh, that would probably get me to watch if I had an Oculus, right? Like yeah. to actually check that out. Yeah, it uh, it definitely looks neat, and obviously, uh, perfect timing with the international right around the corner. So, um, if you've got a VR rig, um, definitely check out Dota Two VR and let us know how it is. Yeah. Next up, uh, we added this one. Uh, we've got a new Kickstarter. We don't talk about Kickstarter games all that often, uh, but this one's a little bit different because uh, it's. A, it is a new, a fast-paced, a fast-paced multiplayer arena FPS uh, set in a. I'm just reading the description now. Set in a colorful robot universe, developed by former Quake and esport professionals. Uh, I just want to, for, for a moment, how many Quake and esport professionals are there? I feel like there's there's a ton of games every year that I'm from Quake. Like, yeah. like how many people are there? Like, so you know, you know what's great about this whole thing though is that I, you know, like. You know, once again, I'm going to be one of those people like I am from Quake like that. Like this was my upbringing and like I recognize all the names of people like and actually have had the pleasure now of knowing the people involved in this game. Um, And a lot of the people who are from that era just moved on to like esports management or, you know, they're 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 designers or they're like consultants or whatever. Some of them just disappeared. But like this is like a pedigree type thing like Reflex is there as well. The CPMA guys like that's really dope. Uh, I played it. I've had fun with it. Um, I had a chance to play this in our offices at Twitch. Uh, Too Good came by 
and he just happened like it wasn't even I don't even think it was a planned thing. He's just like I happen to have this just in case on my flash drive. If you guys want to check it out, I think about five of us jumped in and played a free for all with it super early. Like some of the weapons were way unbalanced. One of them had a sound that would actually break the game. <laughs> so he's like, please don't oh, use this weapon if you pick it up. Uh, but like it was that early. I mean, I don't even remember how long ago this was a long time ago. Um, but I will say that we almost begged for like round five to play. Uh, it was like me, John, uh, John Howell, and a few of the other guys at the office jumped in and played. It was an absolute blast. Um, we should we should back up real quick and mention uh, for not everyone may have the context we do. Uh, the game is developed by is called Diabotical, uh, yes. so it's kind of got this like robot theme, uh, and it's by the Good Studio, who is uh, is too good, and some other people from the esports scene. Uh, from you may know them from uh, Dota Two commentating and some other projects they've done. So they're uh, they're the group behind this game. And uh, they've, I think the, the idea and the game in some form has existed for like a couple of years now, yep. uh, but they've now gotten it to a point where they actually have released a, a Kickstarter uh, that's pretty comprehensive. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to play the game when Jimmy did, uh, but the, the amount of detail and, uh, and depth they go into in their Kickstarter page is pretty impressive. Uh, I, I mean, obviously I'm... I'm a sucker for any fast-paced uh, Quake-style game, so I do. Uh, I do hope that it uh, goes well and meets its goal. Uh, they're currently at about fifty-seven thousand of a hundred and forty-five thousand dollar goal. Those poor fuckers. A, yeah, they have a month to go. <laughs> so hopefully, I mean, it looks like they're hopefully on a on a projection to hit their goal. Yeah. Uh, but if you are interested in uh, in a fast-paced FPS, uh, I, I think this one looks this one looks promising, and uh, some of the people that they have working on it. Uh, you know, our our Jimmy Jimmy and I can confirm they're kind of from the uh, the old school FPS days, and their heart's definitely in the right place. So yeah, uh, I may I may back this one uh, just to just to get. I'm actually early. like the second this thing's done. I forgot to do it earlier today. I'm going to jump on and do it. But yeah, it's uh, it was really fun. I mean, they uh, I strongly recommend if you're a fan of Quake, uh, like the like Quake Three Arena, not Quake Live. I mean, Quake Live's great. You know, the pro mod's kind of fun, but uh, jump on, watch a video when they say they're focused on movement. Uh, James Tugood sat down with me, DJ Wheat, and a bunch of other guys and, like, just legitimately was surprised by kind of the, some of the feedback we had. It had never really seen a lot of other people before. And it their, their focus is on movement, which is something that a lot of the newer games that are class-based, that are more focused on mainstream appeal, have not looked at at all. Like, this is the kind of the key to what it made Arena... Uh, shooter's great, so they're really focused on it. it. Seems cool. You know, you know what else makes these games great is uh, classes. <laughs> I will like, fight like, you, like in Quake Champions. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, I like the segue there. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, speaking for, of, because all modern era shooters have have classes, okay. Um, so, you just need to accept this. Uh, I mean, so, I don't have a problem with classes. I loved Enemy Territory. It's one of the greatest games ever made. But that's true. That's true. Uh, so we have sort of we have these these two quick hits here that actually may may spark some discussion uh, because I think Diabotical will will potentially be coming out in kind of a crowded uh, market for the fast paced multiplayer shooter because we have Quake Champions and uh, we also have Unreal Tournament that is in active development. I'm sure at some point that's gonna you know that's gonna become 
uh, a bigger player than it is now because it's still kind of early days for them. But uh, we there is a new video released. Uh, it's a quick video. Uh, it's kind of an interview with Tim Willits uh, about Quake Champions talking about four of the characters uh, in Quake Champions. And so uh, pretty much the, the, the video... I don't know that the actual abilities for the champions are that interesting, um, but the the more interesting thing is that we've gotten like some tacit confirmation that the the gameplay is going to be this uh, you know the heroes type thing where the different uh, different heroes have different abilities. There's a real quick. There's like a uh, what is it a sniper kind of character that can phase in and out. So it's oh my he actually, fuck. Tim Willett says this is his favorite character because he kind of phases in real quick. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's having an aneurysm as I explain this. Uh, he he likes to phase in real quick and snipe someone and then phase out of the battle. So he kind of jumps in and out. They have uh, a character that's like a bigger, it looks like a kind of a, maybe a tankier character that has a bull rush and that's its special ability. Mm. So I think my... I just... Real quick, my my main concern with with a heroes type game is that I have to imagine the movement speeds are all going to be different, right? They would have to be, I, I would think, because mm-hmm. your little small sniper character, you probably want that to move a little faster than your big bull rush character, right? He should move slower because his special ability, you know, allows him to rush to to the enemies. So that, and I feel like that, how is that going to work with Quake? Quake, I feel like one of the bedrock principles of Quake is that everyone has the same movement characteristics and the same weapons. And so you feel like you are on an even playing field day one going into the game. You can have a one-on-one with the best player in the game and you'll prob- you probably won't kill him a single time, but it's only because of the amount of practice he has put into the game. Yep. And so there's no, like, there's no, you know, there's no... uh rock, paper, scissors type gameplay, right? You're not, he's not going to be better than you because he knows how to do the bull rush and you're the sniper character, right? It's because like the actual skill wins out. That's my concern with Quake Champions is that you have to do all this balancing where Quake, like if you were remaking a Quake game, you would only have to balance it in terms of like the weapons people use, not in terms of the actual game. You're you're fighting the meta instead of the person, and like that kills me so much. And it, it's, uh, yeah, something that I've obviously I've been on here forever. But a lot of the reason, and it's just because it's not my type of game, is uh, like Overwatch, right? Like I jump in, I play. I like early on in the beta was playing with some of the best Quake and TF2 players in the world in ten mans and stuff, uh, like fucking legends, and I was keeping up with them. Because of that concept, because there's yeah. classes and there's the, it, you have to lower the skill ceiling and the abilities of each individual hero to allow for the differential between them. And it's like that. That's not Quake. Why not make a new IP? Why is this? Yeah. Quake? Why does it have to be Quake? Like that's, that kills that's the, that is the thing that makes me wonder is the you know, I don't I want to believe this is going to be a good game. However, I'm just this is this is kind of where my heart sits right now is it feels like they are trying to cash in on the Quake IP because they know that obviously people like us who like Quake uh and you know want want to see what a new Quake game looks like we're going to be immediately interested where we might not be if they created a brand new IP 
So I feel like they're they're utilizing Quake because they know that there's a fan base there that they'll have interested on day one. Even though I don't, I mean, I agree with you. I don't. It doesn't feel like Quake at all. It yeah. feels like that. It feels like that should be a different IP. And like, I would love to see them remake Quake in a in kind of a modern well, day. And they have uh, nothing to fashion. lose by doing it. Like they really don't. And like that's what kills me the most is. So you see. <sighs> I it shouldn't surprise me, but like you know, they went from QuakeLive.com with their whole web, you know their web based system with the plugin and everything else to Steam, and then from the Steam release, they decided that the game somebody heralded it as one of the greatest esports experiences in history to this day was not good enough. And they needed to add loadouts for the average player, and like from there, that further decreased their player base and interest. And now they do this. So it's like, at what point, what data told them that this was an okay idea for the Quake IP? Like, that's probably the same data that told them people wanted, instead of another uh, Elder Scrolls game, a Elder Scrolls card-based game. Like, nobody asked for that, but they did it anyways. Well, <laughs> but, I mean, but that's the thing is, I think when you have Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls has some different experiences that go along with that IP. They have the... they have. Uh, Skyrim and Oblivion. They have Elder Scrolls Online. That's an MMO. I could see a card game being added because you're you're you know you're utilizing sure. that universe in a way that like makes sense. But I don't see, like Quake does not have lore. Quake. I feel like they're again. This is just my this is just my heart talking. It feels like like trying to create a game like they like Overwatch, where you're trying mm-hmm. to do all of these different things that Bethesda. I don't think. Uh, Bethesda and id are not great at in terms of like creating a brand new IP uh, or really like it's not a new IP but it's new lore and like new stories around an IP that has never had lore Quake is not about like story and lore but you sort of have to do that in a hero based game because that's the point you want to get people invested in it but like my that's my so last note on this before I actually have a heart attack is like (laughs) This is to me, and I think to a lot of people who kind of understand what FES competition was before CSGO and everything else that happened, like who big fans of like enemy territory and everything else, which once again was a class based shooter, but in a different realm. Uh, it wasn't like this far, like every hero is unique well, and, and you have your own play is, style. Wolfenstein like, was always a class based game. Yes, it was always that way. And like it was designed in a very particular way to still be a high skill cap game. But. This is the equivalent, I think, to a lot of us uh, uh, as going like like the the UFC was just purchased was it WME or whoever it was um, I uh, I mean they they go in they buy it and they're like okay here's the deal all of you guys now have to pick your own actual you know professional martial arts so uh, George Saint Pierre you are now a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu <laughs> artist. Um, you know, like someone else is a Western boxer, someone else is Muay Thai. You cannot practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the UFC ring, and which means that that guy has to outstrike the guy who is grappling, etc. And like that's what Quake was. It was the best, quote unquote, e-athlete. <laughs> My favorite term in the world. Fuck, um, esports professional in FPS gaming versus another with everything involved. That was uh, your timings. That was your resource management. That was your movement. That was your aim. That was like this big bucket that made it fantastic. Kind of the MMA of the FPS world. 
Uh, and all of a sudden, you're going to decide that actually, if you are, if you spent ten years practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, now you can only practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in this. And like that's that's not what any of us want to see in any competition. Like, why in God's name would you turn this IP into something else? And actually, that's the thing you know, that really what, as, as you were talking about that, I think I actually uh, discovered my like my real my real concern, and and the thing that scares me the most. Is that one of uh, like one of the core facets of Quake that is not a facet of other games? Is that Quake is is perhaps the best dueling game of all time? Period. Yeah. And so, like when you talk about Wolfenstein and Enemy Territory, you there was no dueling in those games, right? Yep. They only existed as team based games. Uh, and I mean, I I love those games too, right? Those games are great. But Quake had the the pretty unique aspect of being. A, one of the most amazing 1v1 games to watch. Yeah. With Quake or, Champions, yeah. I don't know how dueling works. It, it won't. <laughs> right? Like, it's not it, its intention. Yeah, that's that's the thing that, that I wonder is like if you take if you take the focus away from dueling on Quake, then I think you are already like morphing what Quake is so and that's, much. And that's okay if it's like Quake Heroes and like I guess it's Quake Champions, but it's like why though? Like why not make a new thing? And yeah. people obviously want that arena 1v1 dual place because there's a million indie campaigns that come out. And they're all fighting against each other with Reflex and, you know, uh, Diabotical and all these other and games. I feel like esports plays into that so well. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, I think that's what, that's one of the reasons that fighting games like are, you know, are, are on the, on the rise so much because it's, you can, like you get to, you get to know one player, you get to know players' names in a way that, you know, I know players' names in Counter Strike and League of Legends and stuff, but they're not their own no. brands. Like, they're... very rarely do you get a Fallen out of a team-based game. Like, Fallen's reason for like his you know beloved status outside of being a great player was he spent everything he had to get his team to North America to actually be in a place to compete. Right? Like, yeah. you don't get those same stories elsewhere. Very rarely you do. I mean, like we wouldn't have Fatality or Rafa or Lost Cause, the guy that went homeless to like run around boot camp and compete to become one of the best quake players in the world. Like you just don't get that in team games. And like we, like the industry kind of needs that right now. Right. Yeah. I think that it feels to me like they could easily exploit the angle of like one V one for esports because no other game, like outside of fighting games, there aren't really one V one games that are prominent in the esports scene. And quake champions could fill that. Like it could have filled that niche, but I feel like it's not going to, and if it just becomes another, you know, kind of team-based shooter, that I feel like that's a huge missed opportunity. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, right? We've not played the game, we have not really seen any substantive gameplay, but I have not, I've just not seen anything that tells me that this game is on the right track. Yeah, I mean, it could be fun. I and mean, we actually talked about this at E3, I think, right? When we were in L.A. Uh, over dinner, we were just like, hey, yeah. I don't... I, I was adamantly... <laughs> I was very angry. I think we've been skeptical of this game since we first heard about it. But seeing, you know, seeing a little bit more of it, it, it is not, it is not uh, remedying any of those concerns. If anything, it's making more and more concerns right. because I see these core facets of Quake that I'm not, I'm not getting reassurance that those facets are going to exist with quake champions and i think if quake if quake champions doesn't have those uh, like those facets that the old school gamers that really like you know the old school quake if the if it doesn't have those facets then i don't know who's gonna ch- forgive forgive me here but i don't know who's gonna champion this game 
Like I don't know who's gonna who's gonna be wow. the early adopters that like that basically champion this game in the community. I, if I if mean, not those old school Quake players. Can I tell you who it is? It's gonna be the guy who's not good enough to actually compete in Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like every other game, man. Like Ooh. that's the way that's gonna further segment this audience and like ah. Oh, man, that's yeah. That that would be a rough fate if it was like the you know your tier two Overwatch players become your tier one Quake champions players. That's a scary. That's a scary proposition. Anyway, sorry, I'm done rambling. I can no, go about that, this. I, <laughs> this will not be the last time we talk about uh, about Quake Champions um, because I I really do. I'm curious to see what they'll. I feel like they'll probably announce more at QuakeCon, so we might have maybe they some are. More news yeah, next I think week. that's a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, I just I want I want them to just say I need them to say more, right? I need Tim Willits to talk about the things that are gonna that are gonna be reminiscent. And when he says that, like, my favorite character is the one that phases in and shoots someone and phases out, that doesn't give me a whole lot of faith I, in the game. I, I, I Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this now. Like, if they come out and announce... See, because here's the thing. Developers never want to so release a concept for a game and an idea of game modes. And, like, they, usually there's a core behind that. Like, that's where the driving force behind the design is. And that's the first thing they talk about. And I swear to God... If he comes out and says, yeah, we talked about Quake Champion stuff, but we haven't forgot about the old school Quake fans and the fact that a new generation could be welcomed into the best 1v1 experience we've seen in esports history, period, in a lot of people's opinion. And by the way, here it is in the release at a QuakeCon. I will wear a pair of socks for a fucking week and eat it with a steak knife. Like, th- that's not going to happen. It just won't. Like, I've, <laughs> it just won't happen. Anyway, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what they release at uh, at QuakeCon, <laughs> but I'm. I think I'm right there with you, Jimmy. We gotta. We gotta get some reassurances that I. I would be really surprised. I don't if care we anymore. Get. Diabotical's gonna get backed on Kickstarter. <laughs> I'll fucking play Two Goods game. Full time Diabotical player. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um. So wow, that was a, that was a long, quick hit, but that's some good good conversation. I, I was. I thought we might have a, a little a little rant about that, but it felt good. Felt good to get it off my chest. Uh, next up in the quickets, uh, <laughs> Nvidia. Um, Nvidia got sued. There's, I think, a class action suit uh, yeah. for false advertising uh, regarding the 970 and the amount of memory it had. Uh, and like the details of the the lawsuit don't really matter. But the point is that it has been settled, and Nvidia, I believe, will be uh, awarding thirty dollars to mm-hmm. 970 purchasers. So, if you're in the U.S., so just yeah, they haven't revealed how they're going to do it, but um, I've seen places like Newegg uh, email the purchasers uh, that have previously bought a 970. Uh, so just kind of keep an eye out. But yeah, if you bought a 970, um, new, yeah, <laughs> yeah, new, uh, you will probably be contacted in some form saying, you know, here's 30 bucks. So. Yeah, so I guess pay attention pay attention to your email, whatever email you uh you buy hardware with because uh, you will probably get an important email where you can get $30 uh in some form. So pay attention to that. Uh and I think I'm going to I'm going to trash this last uh the last quick hit here uh, cuz we're we ran long on a few of them. Uh so we are up to the new releases section and uh maybe we'll just do popcorn since Katie Zen's not here this week uh we we can we can each talk about a new release uh so why don't you kick us off uh hutch with valkyrius prime i just saw this um 
it's going to be released on the... Uh, well, I thought I read the first, but I guess it's changed to the eighth. Uh, but it's another shoot-em-up, uh, basically, like arcade shoot-em-up. Um, and I don't know. It just... Some people just love these. Like, that's all they play. And they go yeah. to arcades just to play these. Um, and there looks like a cheesy story is involved and everything. So, I mean, just watch out for that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was worth mentioning. <laughs> and that Dave Oshry should have been here so he could pimp yeah, his this, this looks up. like This absolutely looks like uh, a game uh, near and dear to Dave Oshry's heart. <laughs> uh, so that comes out on August 8th. I don't see yeah, a price tag, nope. but it's on Steam, so you can search for Valkyrius Prime if you're a, a shoot 'em up fan. Uh, this game I added here, it's uh, it comes out on uh, my birthday, August second, called Abzu, and this game was at E3. I don't. It's it's basically like a like a just an underwater adventure game. Is this another journey? It that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the kind of what the the hook of the game is because their their e3 booth was just kind of pretty underwater uh landscapes and yeah. it and it looked neat it was it was very soothing it was very calming it looked like the type of game that i would it looked like the type of game that i would just turn on as a screensaver um so i don't actually know the point of the game uh but it does say you know they have beautiful un, a beautiful underwater adventure that evokes the dream of diving uh, etc. But beware as you swim deeper, as dangers lurk in the depths. Oh my God! So ominous. Oh. Uh, so that comes out on August second uh, on Steam and PS4. Uh, it got it got some like best of E3 awards and stuff. So uh, uh, I imagine some people will. I, I didn't like Journey. Did anyone else not like Journey? Uh, I've not played Journey because it's not on PC. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'm a I'm a PCMR. But uh, I've had I've heard journey I I've heard mixed things about journey, but I know a lot of people like it because of some of the unique aspects of it. So I don't know if this is exactly like that. Uh, but it seemed like a it seemed like a game that would be very interesting in VR. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do not know. I, I don't well. see VR support, so I don't I don't think it's like intended to be a VR game. Uh, but it but it kind of looks like that. It would not surprise me if they you know were looking to add VR support. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that comes out on August second. Uh, next up, Batman, uh, the Telltale series. Uh, Jimmy, you want to tell us about Batman? Uh, Batman. Uh, if I had to pick one really incredibly rich, uh, kind of almost self-entitled with his agendas and like how he accomplishes them, uh, superhero would be Batman. Mm, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate your opinion on Batman, the superhero. What about, what about Lego Batman? Um, I liked Legos as a kid and, you know, kind of as we've established in a very specific genre, Batman would be my favorite. Um, but so, yeah. Do you say, do you say you have, would you say you have more positive feelings toward Lego Batman than you do Batman in general? I can't say that, but I will say that I have yet to play a Lego game and I'm mad about it that I didn't like. <laughs> I'm actually really <laughs> mad about it. Like they've all been really good games. Like, I don't know. Even like, I'm not even a huge Harry Potter fan. Like the Lego series is actually really good. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so this, the, the Batman Telltale game, uh, I think is episodic. I think episode one releases uh, here in a couple of days. 
and uh, it's 22 bucks, 22, 23 bucks. Uh, I don't know if that's for the full series or just the first episode, but uh, it looks like kind of a story. I mean, it's Telltale, so I think you, you kind of know what you're signing up for. Yeah. Uh, kind of an episodic uh, story-based Batman game, uh, which could be interesting, um, but I'll, I mean, I'll probably wait and see. Uh, I'm not I'm not hugely invested in the Batman universe, but I just don't know you how are. you could beat like Arkham Knight or like any of these or uh, no, 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 Arkham Knight. What were the, the last games that came out? I didn't even play them, but everyone unanimously was like, these are amazing. For well, the most that's part. the thing is I feel like this is going to be really different because it's a telltale yeah. thing. So it's going to I imagine the emphasis will be more on the story than the action. Uh, and, and so it could be I think if you like Batman just as a franchise, you'll yeah. you'll probably love this. Because it's like it's going to be story driven. I could imagine. It just depends I on almost, which Batman they have, right? Like which. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. You you don't. It's gonna it's gonna all hinge on the type of Batman character it is and the quality of that story. So, I almost I almost feel like it's not like Telltale games almost are are focused toward their own audience in a way because I feel like Telltale games aren't really focused toward maybe the people that would regularly play like the nitty. You know, the gritty Batman games that yeah. we're so used to, I feel like this is obviously for a much more casual player, and this is just another experience. This is almost like a fan base specifically just for them, and it's something new. Like, I, I almost feel like it's these games are often not for, um, like, the games that are actually... No, involved. that's really true. I mean, like, I wasn't... I feel I like mean, they're I- also, like, for... They're sort of for mobile and stuff too. They're not. The focus is not normally on the gameplay itself. It's about the the richness of the story. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I think if you like Batman the franchise, like this Telltale game is probably right up your alley. Uh, in a way that, like, maybe you know, they did Minecraft story mode, and I don't know that anyone's really invested in the the like Minecraft IP from a story perspective, and. I mean, I'm sure there were probably also other problems with that game, but I've heard a lot of bad things about that game, uh, whereas I've heard, you know, a lot of good things about other things Telltale has done. So yeah. it's like they live, I feel like they live and die by the quality of each specific IP that they, you know, that they um, do a game for. Well, I mean, both the Walking Dead and the Game of Thrones series are actually great, so... Yeah, I would heard the Game of Thrones series was, was good, too. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that, uh, that comes out, uh, I think, Tuesday. Uh, and I guess that is twenty bucks. So uh, let's see, Hutch, give us the next one. Yeah, the next one is uh, Rising Islands. I kind of threw this in there just because of the art style and the mechanics of the looks of it. Uh, it's described as an adventure game where you'll have to combine fast-paced action with quick thinking. Um, and then you just—I don't know—just the. It looks like I, I wrote a comment here. It almost looks like parkour elements mixed with the graphic style of. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker graphics. I said that, but graphics, 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 graphics. But um, Wind Waker graphics with Mirror's Edge, almost. Yeah, it looks. Um, uh, yeah, it looks it looks interesting. Very movement based. Yeah, it looks uh, fun. I just watched the trailer. It looks good. Yeah, so that, that comes out on August second. Uh, right. Does not have a price. I don't know what's up with all these Steam games not having prices pre-release, but. Uh, that releases in one day and nine hours for an untold amount of money. <laughs> and the last one here, we always save the best for last. Extreme Forklifting 2. The, uh, the highly awaited forklifting adventure game from DevM Games. 
announces or uh, releases on August fifth, and I think the really the description says it all. Uh, you know, you you I know that there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of candidates in kind of the forklift sim genre, but uh, the description here always dreamed of becoming a forklift operator? Question <laughs> mark. Now you can. I just watched the trailer. <laughs> Everyone needs to watch this trailer. What the fuck? Uh, I, so he picked up a palette and wavy letters popped on the screen that said "Forktastic." <laughs> like <laughs> this is a game that needs to be played. It begs to be played. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to know. I mean, for those that played Extreme Forklifting One, please let us know how it was so maybe we can play. Extreme like, how did this get greenlit for number two? Like, who is backing this and what yeah, message? The, the long-awaited sequel to Extreme Forklifting 1. Uh, yeah, I mean, the really, all, I feel like all of the paragraphs describing this game are just so simple and self-evident. Under the About This Game section, you get to drive a forklift, move pallets around, and do crazy stunts. <laughs> As you do in a forklift. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, true story. I once drove a forklift as a job. Um, it is, really? uh, yeah. No, is it, it is can in you, a warehouse. Based on the trailer, based on the trailer for this game, can you describe how accurately it recreates the exhilarating experience of driving a forklift? I can say that a forklift does not travel this fast. However, okay. Um, I have been on a floating platform bound by absolutely nothing that defies the laws of physics across an outside yard with a pallet before. Um, and had someone tell me that my job was fork, forkbulous. So, yes, fairly accurate. Okay. Yeah. I think also, according to this trailer, from what I can tell, for some reason, these characters are all wearing, like, funny sombrero-looking hats. <laughs> that was not part of my job. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little disappointed if part of your job was not wearing a sombrero each day. It was a very disappointing job. Okay, well, so it sounds based oh on God. based on what Jimmy's telling us, it sounds like this game is a better experience than actually driving a forklift. So, Jimmy, uh, what what rank were you? Were you pallet master? <laughs> <laughs> I was a distinguished pallet master too. There's there's supposedly a ranking system in this. So, okay, well, wow. that, I mean, look, I would say this game clearly has uh, some pretty deep gameplay. So that comes out on August 5th, uh, again, for no price. Uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say if you are into extreme forklifting, you are probably not a price-sensitive uh, consumer. No. You'll probably pay whatever you need to to get your hands on that one. <laughs> uh, so uh, next up, we have some KBMod announcements. We normally do these at the start, but we were in such a nice groove with our Pokemon Go uh, discussion that we skipped right over it. So, Hutch, tell us about what's going on with KB Mod. Yeah, so um, this week we're going to make a return with what was previously known as Bro Caves, but uh, we're going to call them Battle Stations now. That's kind of what they're known as on the oh, internet. We're co-opting the Reddit terminology. Yeah, so basically, if you have uh, a setup that you think other people might want to see, or maybe, actually, never mind, I was about to say maybe people wouldn't want to see, I actually don't want to see that. Uh, but... <laughs> Just pay attention to kbmod.com. We're going to have just a simple submission guidelines um, where you can show uh, your your setup, your specs, and what you use it for, that kind of stuff. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, 
you can submit that online and we can reshare it with everybody. And um, we're going to bring that back starting this week. So pay attention to keepemout.com. I feel like um, those have been gone long enough that a lot of people who previously had uh, featured submissions on the site for Brocaves should resubmit because they probably have a completely different setup now. Oh, for sure. I think a lot of people, a lot of enthusiasts just in general have, even if it's like another stick of RAM or something, have updated their setup in some yeah. way. So uh, just, just yeah, uh, pay attention to that. We're excited to see what everybody's been doing with their setup. Um, yeah, should be fun. There's no community night this week. Uh, next one should be the 5th of... Actually, I have that wrong. It should be the 12th, excuse me. Um, a couple weeks off for community night. No community night this week. Uh, we're going to have our regular streams. Uh, pay attention this week. Um, we're going to start on the main channel, a game development stream with uh, people know him as Ben Basic on Twitter. He's been developing a game, and he's actually going to stream that on our channel. Um, so pay attention to that. Um, and we have a bunch of new articles this, this week as well. Uh, Sean. Uh, wrote about how you could play ROMs on your Steam box, and he he goes through all the steps that's necessary to do that. Um, that was pretty interesting to see. I know that on Discord alone, people are pretty interested. Um, we have some new st- people regularly writing for us. So one of those people, Andrew, uh, or as pe- people regularly know him as uh, Chad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a com- he- common nickname for Andrew. <laughs> yeah, J- J- Jimmy James, Andrew, Chad, you know, like, you know, whatever. Uh, he wrote about uh, childhood nostalgia. That was a pretty interesting read, so check that out. Uh, AJ reviewed I Am Sitsuna. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Um, that was a Square Enix published game. It's a JRPG. Um, he actually did a video on that in... AJ's videos are always top-notch, so make sure to watch that. Um, and then we finally have build guides out. Um, graphics cards for from NVIDIA have been in stock enough that we felt comfortable pushing these out finally. Um, we were going to push our, you know, our build guides out without being able to say, you can buy one of these right now, because they've been seriously out of stock everywhere for weeks. So um, check out those if you've been waiting to build a PC. Um, if any of this you have questions on, feel free to hit us up on Discord. You can go to kbmod.com slash Discord. Um, and in any of those text channels, you know, just hit us up and we'll help you out. So, Yeah, real, yeah. Quick, real quick for the build guides. Uh, these are a pretty big change compared to our previous build guides, obviously because of the new video cards. So mm-hmm. some quick teasers here. The $500 build uh, has a GTX 960 in it. Uh, which is is still a solid card, and I think uh, might have gotten a price drop with the new cards. I'm not sure. It definitely did, yeah. Yeah, so you can pick up, uh, you know, obviously a 960 is previous gen, uh, but you'll you'll find some good deals on some of the previous gen cards. Uh, our $800 build, uh, we have a 970 in it still, but that's uh, mainly because the 1060 is either not available or out of stock. And so uh, we would recommend getting a 1060 with the $800 build. But mm-hmm. if, you, uh, if you do find a good deal on a 970, uh, I would say slot that right in there because uh, that's still a pretty great option at $800. Um, and then for both of our top, uh, our top builds, the 1300, we put in a GTX 1070. And uh, our top build, the $1,800 build, we put in a GTX 1080. 
So which completely destroys anything you throw at it. I mean, if you're anything, if you play at 1080p, uh, the 1070 and 1080 will max out whatever you throw at it, pretty much. Um, so that's that's pretty good for nowadays. Um, I think I think in the next few years we're going to see a lot more of like 1440p gaming. Yeah. Uh, uh, because of these cards for Pascal, for instance, um, you know what we saw in like the updated Titan X, we're going to get in just a couple of years, and I think that's really when fourteen forty P will take off. So these builds are are awesome. I, I wholeheartedly recommend the enthusiast and professional. Like if you're looking to get into uh, you know building PC, so. yeah, I think both of those builds. Also, if you we talked about VR a bit on this cast. If you're looking to do anything with VR, uh, both of these builds, the 1300 and 1800, are going to pretty much be like great for VR. Uh, so th- those are what we would recommend. Um, and yeah, and, and should should been, last you a while. Like both of those builds should last you a while for a new build. Like I, I think less than a year ago, I spent maybe about fourteen hundred dollars on a forty-seven ninety K with the nine seventy and like thirty-two gigs of RAM. Like it's absurd how cheap things are getting to get into high-end gaming now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is and, crazy. and and the thing is, like that build is still that's more or less what I have now, and that build is still great. Like I don't feel really any need to upgrade except maybe my video card, and that's only because these new cards I think are are such a good value uh, compared yeah. to the previous gen. So I think any of any of these uh, the higher level builds are going to last you quite a while, and even even if you do want to keep up with the bleeding edge, it's going to be swapping out one part at a time. Um, and you'll probably be able to keep the rest for you know four, four or five years. Right. So, um, yeah, definitely take a look at those. Uh, they're called the July Build Guides, but we published them the other day, so they're basically the August Build Guides. Um, and like Hutch said, come in Discord if you have any questions for us or you know need tech help or things like that. Uh, Discord's great for that. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, into the viewer questions. We've got a few viewer questions this week. And... Uh, Let's start with, uh, from Brian, uh, we have, what fads were going on in your school experience that everyone was obsessed with, but you took no part in? Mm. Are we talking high school or college? Uh, Actually, Jimmy, were you a college boy? Yeah, I dropped out, but yeah. Okay. I mean, I think probably either one. For me, the... I don't have a I don't have as big an answer for college because I feel like with college you uh, I fads, do. fads and trends are a little less prominent than in yeah. middle school and high school. Uh, the the easiest one that comes to mind for me is we've talked about them on the cast before, but like the Jinko fad, having the big, <laughs> the big baggy jeans. I mean, it's not like that was a huge fad, but that was definitely a fad that I absolutely never took part in. I've never owned any jeans that look like that. Uh, and I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> that, that's but, uh, the one that comes that, that comes to my mind quickly. In college, uh, so that was pretty recent. I mean, uh, but it was by far the most influential, and by far the one that died the quickest as well. But it was the stupid Segway or quote unquote hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> People were riding around campus with these things, and I'm so glad I didn't buy into the hype. I thought they were kind of stupid to begin with, but uh, people were obsessed with them, and it seriously was like a year, and they just died. But I don't know. 
that 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 was mine. Uh, yeah, mine. Uh, God, I, I like I come from such a redneck town. It's like hard to. I I, I guess it would be like razor scooters. Like oh, I really, you never had a razor scooter? Oh man, like I was no. Not not at all. I it, between that and like it wasn't really a fad, but the other one was mudding. Like everyone wanted to go get a big ass truck and see how buried they could no, get it. Was, fucking yeah, that so was my town as well. Yeah, that's like that's definitely like an Oklahoma Texas thing. It is. I mean, like yeah, maybe Missouri, maybe a little bit of Arkansas, but like no. I mean, just that was not a thing. But mostly like fad wise, those razor scooters. I actually hated all of them. I was actually like for six years of my life, I skateboarded and there's a skate park down the street and we would go and these fucking assholes would always run people over on their stupid ass aluminum. Sorry. I have a little bit of like, you know, like I have a little bit of inner flashbacks. I've, I've held this in for so long. Um, <laughs> they were just douchebags. Honestly, I just, no, I just didn't do it. <laughs> I, th- I thought of another one too. Uh, bleached hair. Was like oh, that's getting, another one I never uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> I getting, uh, that one was actually a lot more popular, like either getting bleached tips or just bleaching, you know, the top of your hair. Uh, that was definitely, I think, I don't remember where that started, but maybe with NSYNC, NSYNC. or Backstreet Boys, yeah, it was like <laughs> that, that definitely became a fad. And uh, I never, I've never dyed my hair or anything like that. So yeah, those, I feel like those, uh, those clothing fads and and like style fads maybe maybe it's just because i don't see them now because i'm not in it you know not in high school but i feel like those are less prominent than they used to be quick quick addition see hold on uh hutch how old are you 23 all right so what do you think the fads happening right now in high school are? Uh, like what do you think like the one that you wouldn't partake in like what do you think that is i i don't get the selfie generation that much uh, uh fair with uh, Snapchat specifically, like I, I use Snapchat, but I don't use it for selfies. Like I know a lot of people do. Like uh, I know, I know a lot of like kids, high schoolers. Uh, look, their Instagrams are just nothing but selfies. Like I just don't get that. But I don't yeah, know. I can, I can subscribe to that. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a I'm a horrific looking human being, so <laughs> I, I do not take pictures. KB Made. <laughs> even even without the distortion of KB Made. Uh, I I don't take pictures of myself generally, so I yeah I don't uh, I don't really understand the obsession with selfies, but but I'm also not sure that's a fad. Like that selfies have lasted a while now. It's and it kind feels of like it feels like selfies are not going to go away in the way that everything else. Well, has selfies gone away. have been around as long as portraiture has been around. Well, I know, okay. but I but, but I'm, I mean like the selfie as a is as a selfie piece of pop selfie culture. sticks selfie sticks is that a fad? So I think selfie sticks qualifies as a fad. Yeah, it was a fad. I don't think people do it anymore. Well, oh, no, yeah, no, you haven't no. been to San I think Francisco. It's, <laughs> I think that's on the, still going the top. On, but I think I think that it's will the top end away. of the fad. You right. know. Yeah, I think we're we've maybe passed the peak of that fad, but that's it's what still I'm suggesting, it's yeah, still exactly. definitely alive and well. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I think uh, I'm curious what what the fads are happening now. Uh, the, kids are into oh vaping i mean is vape but that's the thing though vaping is i don't think vaping's a fad because it's just replaced smoking yeah it's been something that like started years ago that just keeps growing i don't know if that's a fad or not like jinkos like came in and then disappeared right like i don't know yeah i think i think vaping will stay around because it's it's 
I say that a with a sick ass box mod in my hand. All right. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's basically. It's people get the same. It's the same it's thing they get out of smoking. Some, I think. Yeah, they get. They. It's like smoking, but you rip fat clouds. So I don't. I really don't see that going yeah. away. <laughs> They're dank as fuck. Yep. Um. Next up, we have uh, an email from Icantu, uh, and there's a there's a bit of a lead up here, so I'll read it out. He says, "Dear KB Mod." I would love to hear your opinion on something that has been bothering me for quite some time. For whatever reason, every time I conduct a financial transaction using physical money that results in me receiving change in the form of both notes and coins, the cashier serving me almost always counts the change out from the highest denomination to the lowest and then proceeds to place it in my hand in the same order. This leaves me in an awkward situation where I have to try and slide the coins off the notes into my other hand so that I can place them into my palm underneath the notes where they should have been in the first place, allowing me to then place them into my wallet without fear of them sliding off the top and ending up on the floor. Mm. I cannot figure out for the life of me why everyone seems to think that it's okay to do this when they could just simply place the coins into my outstretched hand first before placing the notes on top. This wouldn't bother me so much if it happened infrequently, but it doesn't. It almost seems like every place of business that I frequent has conspired together to make sure this happens to me every single time I decide to pay with cash instead of my card just to piss me off. Do any of you share the same sentiment, or am I simply blowing this way out of proportion? <laughs> I, uh, I, as a uh, long-time, like, not necessarily introvert, but someone who found like a lot of these interactions very strange as well, will say that the pat- my patented technique is that when they hand me the bills... I take, you know, typically my right hand. So they hand me the bills first and I kind of make a cup out of it. And then they like put the change inside. And then I just slide that into my other hand, stick it in my pocket, bills in the wallet and leave. I think that's how you avoid the whole situation. Because when the system conspires against you, you either move to change it as a whole or you accept it and move onward. And I think in this case, it's better to move onward. What do you guys think? See, I always thought they did it so you could just fold the bill up and then stick it in your pocket with the change inside of it. No, see, see that's what your bills go see, in your that's, wallet. That's, that's, like, I, I, I understand a, that's, that as well. I share this frustration, but that's the only thing I could logically come up with. But see, I think that's that's the frustration that he's talking about, though, because there's if you just if you're just gonna crumple up the bills and try and put bills and change in your pocket with the yeah. change on top, it's it has a very high chance of falling out. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly do feel like, though, like I, I, I could be nitpicking through this question, but I did notice that said that, you know, you take the bills and the change to put into your wallet. Hopefully you're putting your change in your pocket because that's where it belongs. Right? Well, I think yeah. I mean, it sounds like maybe that is what he's doing, though. But okay. like he, there's a transfer. There has to be a transfer of coins so that you can put the, the bills into your wallet and the coins going you know, in your pocket or wherever. May I recommend being the biggest badass on the planet because A, cargo shorts are very comfortable. And B, with with jeans, you can't really pull the pocket out much, right? Like they're kind of, I mean, unless you're wearing Jinkos, which that's a different story. We've already established. You can't really find those anymore as far as I know. So if you're wearing some cargo shorts or you're wearing something with some pockets can be pulled a little bit, you make that cup I was talking about. It's almost like a U-shape with the bills and the changes in the middle. You hold your hand steadily. You just open your pocket, slide the change in there as you're walking away, and then put those bills right in your wallet, avoiding the awkward situation altogether and potentially changing people's lives in the process. I mean, that is a very efficient way to handle the situation, I think. 
Or he stopped paying with cash. There's that. <laughs> That's another thing. Who the uh, fuck is suggestion? Cash? <laughs> good suggestion from Flanlord in chat. Just start using checks with exact change. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that is one way to fix the problem is just, just pay with checks because you can always pay with the exact amount uh, required. And so that, you know, good suggestion. It's a great... I, it's, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I'm right there with you. I, I actually didn't... Uh, I don't think I had distilled this problem uh, as as uh, concisely as you did, but as I was reading it out, my rage was actually building, thinking about this and thinking about how little sense it makes. Uh, but maybe there's a reason. If uh, if you're a cashier, I would love to hear. We'd love to hear back and and see if like there's a specific reason you're trained this way. Because yeah. I think that is all, I thinking about the times I pay in cash. It almost always is like that. You get the the cash first, and then the change on top. So I'm wondering if that's if there's a specific reason it's done that way. No, it's fair. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, thank you, uh, thank you for your questions. Actually, maybe it's because of the way they go through the register and get you your cash back. Notice how they do biggest bills mm. to smallest. So maybe they okay. because you notice when they also give it back to you, they also read you. What the... it, it is easier math. Like when you're Maybe doing that's it, like I've worked a register before, and like usually that's just the way it is. Like you do the change math last. Like, just right. like that way. That'd be that'd be hard in my mind to double check what you're giving back to the customer if you were to work from since up. Yeah, like, I guess it, I could after... see I could see where a lot of times they'll tell you what you're getting back, and so you you would say the dollar amount first, and then the cents, right. and so you you kind of have them focusing on the dollars when you're saying the dollars, and then the the coins when you're saying the cents. Um, but maybe it is, it could also be what Jimmy says is just, that's, that's the order that is easiest to calculate it out in. And so that happens to be the order that, uh, that people give it to you. I don't know. I, I mean, basically this is a great reason why I don't like using cash ever. Um, or I just, if, if I get change back, like change is a nuisance change, the highest amount of change that I'll get back would be 99 cents, right? It is even at 99 cents, it's almost not worth the annoyance of having to carry 99 cents around. Like, what are you going to do with that? That's the problem. Like, what are you going to count back exact, exact change next time you purchase something? Yeah, like, it's almost, it's almost worth it to just deposit 99 cents, you know, in their tip jar or whatever so that I don't have to carry it around. Um, so I, that's how I deal with the problem sometimes is if it's, if it's more than – it's definitely if it's less than a quarter. Like, I'll just put it in, you know, whatever in the keep the change jar. So, I yeah, I would say just uh, just you know donate your coins. That's what you can do. Don't even worry about it. Um, all right. So, last up here, uh, we have our featured iTunes podcast reviews of the week, and uh, we do have a couple of reviews here this week that I want to feature. But first, uh, I want to plead with you to review us on iTunes if you have not already. Uh, Jimmy, have you reviewed us on iTunes? You know what? I got to get to it. I really got to get, get to it. That. So Jimmy hasn't done it yet. So Jimmy is going to review us this coming week, uh, and maybe yes. we'll feature his review. However, Jimmy's already pretty famous, so he doesn't really need <laughs> the exposure. Uh, but you know what? That's okay because we don't discriminate in terms of who submits the review. Anyone can submit an string review. All you need is an iTunes account. That's the first step, and you go, you search KB Mod. We're the only result there. Uh, click on us, rate us five stars because that is the rating we deserve, and uh, leave us an interesting review. It can be a story. It can be. Uh, it, I mean, you you that is your time to shine. 
so I don't want to spoil what Jimmy's review is going to be um, because he told me about it before the cast, actually, and it's going to be great. But we're going to save that. Uh, so we have two reviews this week. Uh, the first one, first one is pretty simple, and I think it's it's a sentiment that we can all agree with. It is from Youth Lightning, or Uff Lightning. I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, it's from our friend uh, Youth Lightning. Title is 8 out of 10 podcast. He gave us five stars, so he, he meets, the, meets the requirements. But he says 8 out of 10 podcast as the title. And the content is just 5 out of 10 with Katie Zen. <laughs> so I think, th- I, I mean, I think we all agree with that, definitely. I think uh, it's but, collective. I think that it's 8 out of 10, and then there's an additional oh, 5 out of 10 with Katie Zen. I th- okay. I'm not, I'm not is, sure. That is a different way to read this. Um, but being Katie Zen is is not here. The the podcast is confirmed better. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. I can't. Well, actually, I can't tell if if what he means is that Katie Zen is contributing five out of ten, and so it's eight oh, out of ten. Oh. Katie Zen is the five, and the rest of us are three, so we'd only get one each. Or if he's saying that we that Katie Zen actively makes the podcast worse, that he's a negative three. I actually I don't know what how the arithmetic uh, the arithmetic works out. I think there's a, a, a new review from uh, Ufe Lighthitting next week, um, maybe further <laughs> explaining the uh, metrics behind these reviews. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely love some clarification um, because it it is not clear. But I think if if he's saying Katie's in subtracts from the podcast, uh, you know, I think I don't I don't know I don't know if I would agree with that, but maybe. Depends on the Maybe. context. Yeah. Regardless, I think uh, I think this week, uh, you know, if if he doesn't like Katie's in on this was the week to feature him, right? Because he can just listen all the way through this one. It's a solid eight out of ten. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we would love to love to understand your feelings about Katie's in further. Uh, but you can only leave one review, I think, on iTunes. So I don't Oof. know how I don't know how you'll get in contact with us, Youth Lightning. You'll have to find some other way. Luckily, there are many other ways to interact with us, which we'll get to at the end. But we do have one more review. Uh, and this review, Hutch, take us through this story. Okay. It's titled Strug by <laughs> A.M.N. Delamime. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Delamime. Oh, yeah, Delamime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reads, Instagram post hype. Forgot I work tonight. Work blocks Twitch. Can't have phone. Work, in all caps, doesn't block Ustream. Set up stream, farm home. 10 out of 10, cucks are back in town. <laughs> and for those that don't know, uh, I made, I probably spent way too much time on it, but I made a little 15-second clip of, of Brandon, Katie Zen, and APL, and I posted it to our Instagram and Twitter, and I'm guessing that's what he means by Instagram post type. <laughs> it's, cucks, cucks are indeed back in town so thank you for that submission <laughs> yeah so uh so thank you for thank you for that story um it sounds like you you figured out a solution to watch the cast uh even when you've got to work so luckily for luckily for uh for mr delamine though we do post this cast on itunes uh so you can listen to the audio at work or in the car or other places where uh where twitch is blocked or where you don't have internet you so, can also you can also subscribe now via Google Play. Right, that's right. Audio on Google Play and iTunes. 
And we post the VODs on YouTube. We do. We do. So you really have no excuse uh, to either listen or watch the cast because we put it in, in so many places for you to find. Um, but that is it for this week. Uh, we, we would like to thank our friend Jimmy for coming on. Uh, Jimmy is... Maybe we'll have Jimmy on uh, before another two years pass. Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Uh, but I don't know. After after this week and all of the heartbreak we went through, uh, just trying to get through the Quake Champions news, I don't know that well, we may have to put Jimmy on hiatus until he recovers. <laughs> uh, but we do. Uh, so you can find us on social media. Like I was saying, we have uh, very. You have many ways to interact with us. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitch, Twitch.tv/kbmod, YouTube, YouTube.com/kbmodgaming, Facebook.com/kbmod. Uh, twitter.com slash kvmodgaming we're pretty easy to find we're kvmod or kvmodgaming pretty much everywhere uh, and obviously like Hutch mentioned earlier we have a bunch of stuff on the site we got a lot of news and, and things that uh, that we've hyped up recently uh, we've been doing a lot more content than before so definitely check out the website at kvmod.com uh, you can find me on twitter I'm at volition that's v-o-l-1 p-i-o-n the one is important uh, you can find Jimmy. Uh, I think I think your your handle's right here on the screen at Jimmy Wiz, right? That's correct. That That's is correct. at Jimmy J I M M Y W H I S. Jimmy Wiz, and you can find Hutch at Hutchison fifteen on Twitter. Uh, so thank you for joining us, and uh, until next time, we will see you all later. Yeah.